welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to M-Class Podcast, the Star Trek podcast uh, for the rest of us, or whatever the fuck I'm going to be saying from now on. I'm your what? host, Jeff. I'm Josh. Uh, on this what a, po- I, I, I watched, this week I watched Battlestar. Were we supposed to do that? <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about Battlestar Galactica Season 3, Episode 24, Butt Sex Episode. Oh man, that's a good one. <laughs> Not just because of the butt sex. It's a it's a very deep, meaningful episode with a character arc for a lot of characters you love, but also anal. <laughs> I don't think there's ever any anal. Not like unfortunately. Longmire. <laughs> um, yeah, it could have been a little bit of that. This uh, <laughs> podcast isn't really about any of that, thankfully. It's all about setting down with a piece of Star Trek media and picking it apart from beginning to end. Uh, well, I guess it is a little bit about that, since we always get into that type of crass, disgusting humor. Yeah. So hopefully you like both. Uh, give us your money. Yeah, I mean, like, that's why you're here. <laughs> to give us your money. Actually... No, yeah, I mean that, yeah, but... <laughs> actually, uh, I'm gonna front load this episode with a little give us your money. Oh, we're doing this already! We're Commercial! <laughs> Because uh, June is Gay Pride Month, yeah, and we are doing a Patreon Pride Pledge Drive. That rolls right off the tongue, man. It does. Everything I ever do rolls right off the tongue, son. Sweet. (laughs) Uh, The way you can uh, aid in our desire to anyway we're um sponsored this month by uh desrath and yeah. Tapon of Tapon's radio program yeah and uh they are sponsoring us in order to help the trevor project a non-profit organization committed to preventing suicide in lgbtq plus youth they're best known for the trevor crisis lifeline intervention hotline they operate along with trevor chat and trevor text which are im and text versions of the hotline nice but they also do work in training raising awareness and advocacy relating to lgbtq plus youth suicide prevention Mm -hmm. and uh if you would like to help out the trevor project and your boys you can head on over to patreon.com slash mclass podcast and pledge at any level and at the end of the month, Desrath and Tapon are going Crazy. to both match our pledges over, I think, 600. I think it's yeah. 600. They're going to be matching our pledges. Up to 750, right? It's actually over 500. Oh, yeah. So we're almost at it. I mean, but like that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because it's awesome. Make them pay. Make them pay the whole thing. Make them pay the whole thing. <laughs> For a great cause. So we're talking about like both of them could be donating seven hundred and fifty dollars each That's to like the two Trevor million project. dollars if you add it up or something. It's it's so much money I can't even imagine it in my pea brain. <laughs> and true. at the end of the month, Josh and I are also going to be donating some money yes. to the Trevor Project Absolutely. from the pledges that you're giving us. We're also going to use some of that money in order to live and eat food, but. Mm-hmm. A, a nice little chunk of it is going to go to the Trevor Project as well. So that is a triple donation that you I can save ketchup packets. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a triple donation that you can be a part of to the Trevor Project, which is an incredible organization that is at yeah. the forefront 
of um, preventing youth suicide amongst LGBTQ plus teenagers. Yep. Um, if you would like to skip the middleman and not give us any money because, hey, fuck us, right? You can Agreed. head on over to give.thetrevorproject.org slash USS Lollipop or mm-hmm. thereicontributed.com <laughs> and hit donate. But please remember to dedicate the donation to M-Class Podcast if you do. First name yeah. M-Class, last name Podcast. Yes. Well done. I feel good. This is the best commercial we've ever done. This is the best thing we've ever done, probably. That's true. That's that's definitely true. So, uh, all the episodes during the month of Gay Pride Month are sponsored by Desrath and Tapon of the Tapon's radio program. Tapon. Love that, that guy. That card. <laughs> Love that guy. Love that Tapon. <laughs> uh, this week's episode of M-Class Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might already know what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, since the first one was uh, <laughs> last time. That's right, we're talking about Threshold again, baby. <laughs> oh, fuck, yes. Time to get there's catfished. Some, there's more to talk about. <laughs> that's where that comes from. That's where getting catfished that's, comes from. That's where it comes from. When someone Probably. talks to you about threshold when you think they weren't going to, that's getting catfished. That's what it is. That's probably made that joke when we did the episode, but I don't remember. I so don't think it's so. new to me. It's new to me. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about the best of both worlds part two. That's TNG season four, episode one. Yeah, it's the first episode of the fourth season. You had to wait all summer. Yeah, the, the craziest thing about this is that it was first aired the 24th of September, 1990. Yeah, that it makes so me... so long ago. It makes me depressed. It's Dude, it sucks. Because I remember it. I remember like watching it. You've lost so much of your life, sir. Worthless. My life is worthless. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worthless because you're here with us now talking about Star Trek. Yeah. This episode, <laughs> before Josh has an existential crisis... Yeah. Uh, this episode uh, again was written by Michael Michael Piller and directed by Cliff Bowl, exactly like the last episode was. They probably uh, did it all at once. Probably. It is basically like a movie, beginning to yeah. end. Yeah. Um, it's uh, por- it's important again to point out that Cliff Bowl, most famous amongst the crew for making Will Wheaton hate him by treating him like a child, so I love him. <laughs> Makes me love him. He's the best director I never worked with. <laughs> he looks like There's a, good a lot dude. of them. <laughs> he looks like a great dude. Uh, Michael Pillar, great writer, wrote a lot of episodes. So yeah, everybody knows Michael. Oh, Michael Pillar. O M Pill. That's what we called him. O M Pill. Uh, it's important to note right out the gate that this episode has a uh, last scene on Star Trek piece at the beginning. The computer, the computer says it. It's uh, Magil Barrett. Yeah, she, she's like previously on Star Trek: The Next Generation, but she says it like her, not like yeah. me. Yeah, she doesn't sound like Josh when she says it, which would be awesome, but not doesn't happen. It's weird how she's not credited for anything as Magil Barrett Roddenberry, except in all the shitty shows that they made from notes that Gene Roddenberry made after he died, yeah, like Andromeda yeah. and the other one. Maybe it was okay, because he was dead. Maybe she wanted to keep their marriage a secret. <laughs> no one knew. <laughs> it's a big secret. Well, I guess the executives back in the day didn't know when she was Nurse Chapel. Yeah. Do you know that story? 
Yeah, she wasn't gonna be her, right? Yeah, well, she was like gonna be number one, and that's the ex- yeah, because yeah, yeah, the executives were like, "We hate her. We don't want her on the show or whatever." So yeah. when they did the little retooling of the show, he created Nurse Chapel and dyed Magil Barrett's hair blonde, and, and they brought loved her back her. in, and they loved her and didn't know who the fuck she was. Yep. Because the 1960s, and that's every, why. <laughs> everybody had to pretend like it wasn't the same actress yeah. around the executives or else they would catch on and get mad. Who's this new blonde girl you got working for you as the noise? Who is she? She's amazing. I didn't like that dark head, girl, but Not I love like this that. blondie. Not like that brunette. She was a bitch. I hated her. <laughs> she was so cold, she made my testes shrink, I tell ya. I hope she's dead, personally. She made my testes shrink. This new blonde makes my penis get bigger. <laughs> it's something about the blondes. They have more fun. Wait, write that down. <laughs> Don Draper over here <laughs> inventing the fucking everyone wants a Coke commercial. Okay, anyway, uh, so um, last time <laughs> on M-Class Podcast, we talked about the best of both worlds part one. Wherein our most beloved Captain Picard gets kidnapped and assimilated by the Borg into a guy with a laser pointer grafted to his face. Yeah, that's his number one superpower, (laughs) point things out. And uh, he he loses himself and becomes Locutus of Borg. But does uh, he, though? Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense since everybody else in the Borg doesn't have a name, but fuck yeah, it. Well, they hand wave it away later. <laughs> doesn't like, matter. They start trekking away later where the queen is like, I just wanted a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed someone to fuck. I also wanted a penis because the Borg don't have them, I guess. I don't know. They cut them off first thing. Oh, that's why nobody wants to get assimilated. Except with Picard. They left it, I guess. They left it out. (laughs) (laughs) There is a scene in this where he's wearing like a metal diaper with his bare thighs. Yeah, he's looking like sickly because he's all painted all chalky white. Yeah. But you're still like, hey, what's under that, right? Right, everybody? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, pretty much. Like, does he have anything under there or did they just slap a metal bikini on? (laughs) And were they just like, here, Patrick, just, you know, it'll warm up in a bit. And he's like, I'm an actor. I don't care. He's like, my balls are shrinky dinky right now. It's so cold. <laughs> he's, he's himself from uh, that other show where he's talking about the naked ladies. And fucking Gates McFadden is like, oh my god. Like, she got <laughs> embarrassed. Oh, oh god. My. I should have stayed not doing this show. I should have stayed working with the Muppets. <laughs> Gates. Do you know she uh, was, like, the choreographer for the Muppets? I did not know that. Well, she's a dancer, right? Yeah, she's a dancer. She was first and foremost. And she you know, did she's... choreography for all of the Muppets movies. Like, all of them. She's Jack Ryan's wife in one of those Jack Ryan movies. I think it's Hunt for Red October. I think you might be right. I, believe I think she it's was her. mostly cut out of that movie as well. She's in like two scenes. Yeah, they were like, we don't need the wife to be in the movie about the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> the wife doesn't go on the submarine, so it doesn't uh, matter. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, when we last left our heroes, they were in a tense situation, facing down the Borg, led by their former Captain Picard, now Locutus of Borg, who tells yeah. them... That resistance is futile. So they're getting ready to shoot this deflector super beam, right? Like, they're yeah. like, 
that's what they were like. The, the end of the first or the third season, they were like, "Fire, Mister Wharf," and, he, and then like the dramatic music plays, and then you have to wait nine months for the new show. What's the beam gonna look like? It turns out it's blue. <laughs> it's just <laughs> not a phaser. It's just the color. It's just blue. It's just a blue phaser. Yeah. Um, they shoot it and it doesn't do shit. Shockingly. So you're just like, what was the point? I waited was- nine months for this. Shit. <laughs> I guess the beam is symbolic of the tension and the room of, with the characters. I think. Could you imagine how shitty it would be if you waited nine months and they fired the beam and it, blew and it just up. destroyed the Borg cube? <laughs> and they're like, on to our next adventure, and they did something completely different. And Captain Picard just wasn't on the show anymore. It's just Captain Riker and his crew go to fucking Ryza and solve a mystery about coconuts. And there's a ghost in this one? The tiki is cursed. <laughs> fucking Data finds a tiki god, a, ha- a cursed horgon. And he makes wishes and fucking wins a surfing tournament. Every oh time he God. tries to surf, the Horgon lights up and he like crashes and hurts himself. <laughs> just makes some stupid noise. <laughs> Man, the That's Brady Bunch was a masterpiece. Dude, take that, uh, Rich's Pitch It or Ditch It. We can write fucking great episodes too. <laughs> Rich Masters. Yeah, right. More like. Get on this fucking roller coaster ride, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're we're the new uh, Kurtzman and Orsi. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but maybe maybe still better though because yeah, even with the Horgon thing, we're better. I think it's like Star Trek, the animated series, like kind of like when Scooby Doo was just like. Shaggy and Daphne for some reason. Yeah, Shaggy, that, that, Daphne, Scooby, and Scrappy like, Doo. Why was Daphne there? Like, why did they pick? Like, why wouldn't it be Velma? Like, Velma's the one who hangs out with Shaggy, right? They like, knew what side their bread was buttered on. Well, like lonely nerds. Yeah, they were like the red. Get the redhead. That and was we don't long before. She's like that was long before like nerds turned towards Velma, and they were like, oh. Yeah, well, when Suicide Girls started happening, they were like, oh no, Velma's super hot. Yeah, as it turns out, if a really, really hot girl dresses up as Velma, it's incredibly hot. Who would <laughs> dressing know? Up like, dressing up like Velma is the equivalent of putting glasses on and she's all that. Like, you're still hot <laughs> as hell. Like, it doesn't matter. Dude, you're still you hot. mean that frumpy girl with the glasses and ponytail? She, she likes art. How nerdy. <laughs> Uh, not another nerds. teen movie was pretty good. <laughs> not another teen movie. Oh man, that's Chris. What's his name? It's uh, uh not Chris. It's Chris Evans. I always mix him and Pine up. Their name is like the same name. And the other one, fucking Chris Hemsworth. Uh, well, him and uh Pratt. Chris There's some Pratt. There's a lot hey, of Chris's. Name, name your kid something other than Chris. It's They're all naming name. their kid like Jackson and Braxton and fucking yeah. Chafe. My wife had a student. My Chafe. wife Crystal had a student named Chafe. Is that what he did to his parents? Just chafe their assholes? C-H-A-F-E. It was even spelled like Chafe. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Uh, anyway. <laughs> that kid's gonna grow up to be like a criminal. Because uh, his name was Chafe. <laughs> Riker turns off the blue beam. and Yeah, it's gonna blow up the ship. He, he, like, his eyes narrow, and he's like, the Borg couldn't have adapted that quickly. Yeah, he figures it out. And Locutus is like, the knowledge and experience of the one 
Picard has been added to the Borg's collective consciousness. And it's just Tapan doing the voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the Tapan voice came from. Amazing. He, dude, amazing. Like, uh, the one thing that really stood out to me is, like, why, why does he call himself Picard? Like, I don't call myself well, he Pennington. Well, because he's not Picard anymore. So he's saying, like, the like they're, they're like different people at this point oh, except yeah. at the end of the sentence when he calls him number one and you're like <gasps> he's still in there is he in there but that's such a fucking sick burn man a borg just called you your name that your captain used to be your captain yeah, used he, to call you the borg animated a corpse of your captain to <laughs> say fr- the name he used to call you <laughs> they frankensteined your best friend and he's calling you by your nickname and it's freaking you out man your resistance is hopeless, number one. Oh, fuck, dude. Breaker's so cool. like, oh, my wiener went back inside. Oh, oh my dad's a Frankenstein zombie cyborg Terminator Dalek. No, dad, no. <laughs> it, it had to be tough, like, in-universe on Riker during all of this, right? Because, like... Yeah. It, Picard is pretty much his dad at this point. Like, well, I, yeah, there, I was thinking about that when I watched it too, because you get two two angles with the dad thing. You get the data angle a little bit at the end, and you get Riker throughout the both of these, right? Because Riker like loves him like a dad. He's his mentor, and Data kind of like gets to like save his dad, but also, like, be closer to his dad, because he's also a robot now. Like, half of him is a machine. There's which like, is kind of ironic. Oh, yeah. And there's something, like, definitely there's some sort of fascination in Data when he's messing yeah. with, like, all the Borg stuff through Picard yeah. that, like, goes a little bit beyond this technology is neat. It's like, this right. technology is interacting with Captain Picard. Right, like, maybe that's, maybe like, I can, right? Maybe dad will love me. <laughs> Maybe dad won't leave. Uh, unfortunately, the deflector dish has... Uh, the beam has left the Enterprise like completely like disabled. They're stuck. Yeah, we gotta wait till the antimatter fires back up a little bit. We gotta save some power. They gotta keep... Which, they gotta like repair a bunch of the fucking like antimatter injectors and everything. And it's like... You have to wonder like... How long would that take like now... Like, like that would be like forever. months of work. They well, they, what's cool is like in Enterprise, they talk about like that stuff. Like the Enterprise, they don't have like replicators, so they can't just like fix shit, right? Like in in TNG, like they can just go make a part and then replace it. But on on Enterprise, they have to like figure it out, and it's like like really scary for them because like they're stranded at points because oh, yeah. they don't have shit if right? shit goes wrong if like one of your parts is destroyed like yeah. you need to jury rig something to fix yeah. it because you can't just replace the part yeah it's and so like yeah here they're just like well it'll take like 12 hours like or 6 to 12 8 to 12 hours yeah it's whatever. gonna take 8 to 12 hours for us to replicate yeah. entirely new injectors right which is like the most complicated fucking piece of equipment that exists, right? Probably. Probably. Like, it's up It's there, probably top sure. secret as fuck, right? Nobody can know about them. They're secret. Because if the Romulans get them, they'll, like, fucking sabotage them or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Turn them into an anti-injector that shoots <laughs> injection fluid and kills you? <laughs> That's an episode. <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> uh, but, like... 
um, Picard as Locutus, and the Borg just fucking leave. Because the Enterprise can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, they're like, just like, fuck you. I mean, why waste a torpedo or a energy, right? Yeah, like, which they're is, useless now. Who cares? Which is great. It's, like, such a... Oh, it's like, I, I love the Borg. And, like, I, the Borg are, like, obvious amalgams of, like, pop culture from the time, right? Like, Oh, yeah. They're zombies, and zombies were big in the 70s. They're Terminators, the 80s, right? And they're Daleks. Because they have the catchphrase from Doctor Who. True. There's definitely like fear of technology built into yeah. them, which is still yeah. like a running theme. Like that's what Black Mirror is for the most part. Right. It's just fear of technology. Yeah. And uh, it's re- they tie it in super close to like this old ass fear that we've had since like the 50s of zombies. Yeah. Like so something it's in a way that, us. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like couched in a way that like every age is going to understand the terror of this creature. Yeah. yeah. It's ingenious, really. And it's great, too, because they're just, like, they don't even give a fuck. Like, they don't even, like, waste time. They're just, like, whatever. Like, that's so, like, creepy. Like, because, like, why? Like, we don't understand that. That's so alien to us. Like, yeah, I mean, like... If it was us, we would blow the Enterprise up. We'd just, like, fucking blow them up. Fuck it. They're done, right? Yeah, they don't have any malice in them. Their, yeah. their entire objective is to assimilate. They don't care to destroy. They only destroy when it's necessary. They're insect-like, and what's more inhuman than insects, right? Like, we don't think like insects do. No. We don't... Like, how do you relate to an insect? Like, I don't know. Right? <laughs> like, um, so, so, Admiral Hansen, they, like, call up Admiral Hansen, and they're like, well, we fucked it. And he's <laughs> yeah, they like, say that. He's like, well, you guys got us the time we need to assemble a fleet. And we have forty starships stationed at Wolf three five nine, which is definitely <laughs> which is definitely not a location that's going to live in infamy from now on. <laughs> Never three five nine get. <laughs> never can... never Wolf get. Never Wolf three five nine get. Um, but like apparently the Klingons are gonna send ships and like they're, they're yeah. thinking about calling the Romulans up and shit. But I guess they yeah, the don't. Romulans, the Romulans are like, we we're just gonna send this one. <laughs> yeah, the Romulans are like, hey, if they destroy you, that works out yeah. for us. But they, but the Romulans also have their own Borg shit. There's episodes where the Borg like wipe out Romulan outposts too. Yeah. So like the Borg, the Romulans should be like, yeah, sure. But like the Romulans, smart. they just don't trust us and they never yeah. will. They're smart too, and they're just like, nah. But I mean, they're dumb because like, if they if the Borg win, like the Romulans are fucked. Yeah, like, I mean, in their mind, they're like, we're the greatest empire that's ever lived. Like, yeah, once the dummies. once the Borg like wipe out the humans and the Federation, then and the, we'll and just the rise up and destroy them. Sure, because that's yeah, it's so easy. Because I mean, they've <laughs> been deadlocked with the Federation for like two hundred fucking years or whatever. But sure, they they can was, just destroy the Borg. I was thinking, I like to think about like this a lot. Like, what a shitty roll of the dice that we all had to evolve in the galaxy with the fucking Borg. <laughs> like, yeah. of all the galaxies, right? Like, we evolve in the one with like the super sentient, like robotic, fucking like hive mind universe like it's basically like the galaxy like hyper evolved itself and the borg popped up and we have to like survive it it sucks dude yeah the roll of the dice really fucked everybody over on that one and it's really like the borg don't have a beginning point that we know of yeah 
There's a lot of like non. There's a lot of fan. Yeah, there's fan fiction shit. Yeah, like Viger is one of them, right? Like yeah. I've heard that one. And I mean that makes sense in a way. It doesn't though. Not really, but I mean like because they're around before it, that. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense timeline wise for sure. Yeah. But it, it like makes sense in that like Viger contacted a civilization that was entirely mechanical and like right, and then became the queen or whatever. Uh, but nah. <laughs> yeah, no. There's other ones, too, that are, like, hints at, like, early Borg shit where, like, the queen, like, starts to feel out, like, what's going on and, like, starts assimilating people. There's, like, mentions of that in, like, other media. Uh, the game doesn't talk about it at all. I would the Borg are... Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great that the they're just, th- like... The only thing that makes a monster, like, seem less intimidating, like... The only right. thing in the world that ruins a monster's mystique is knowing what it is and where it came from. Yeah, why? Well, like that—that's not—it's not a monster anymore. You just explained it. Right? It's just an animal or something. Like so, the the Borg are great for Star Trek because like you kind of cheat the the science part where like you don't—they don't really like know and they don't really need to know like because the Borg are just so fucking crazy that who cares where they... Like, the bigger problem is, like, oh, who yeah. cares? I mean, like, right? even studying them, they're so far advanced that their technology makes zero sense to us. It's, yeah. So much so that the Borg start fucking themselves over, like, in in, Enterpri- or in a Voyager with the Undine, or the Species 8472. Like, the Borg are like, well, we're... We're gonna just like open up some gateways into some other universes, and then the species eight four seven two comes out, and they're just like, "Nah, brah," and they just like wreck the Borg. We and it's should, like, we should have called them up, <laughs> dude. They, well, they do in Voyager, and then they're like, it's like a whole thing. They're all they're like bigger assholes. Yeah, they're kind of like cell. They're like the cell saga. F- freezes the Borg. They're they're cell. <laughs> I love that. I, I understand it. it perfectly. Yeah, that's an analogy that I think a lot of people can get. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> the the thing with the ending is like the Voyager crew starts to like work with the Borg, which is like fucking yeah. nuts. Like, which is ridiculous. Shouldn't the Borg just be like, all right, we'll assimilate you then, and we can work together? Yeah, we we don't need to like. Yeah, we don't need to like talk to you. We could just make you us. And and then we'll know, right? But then they're like, let's just have meetings. Yeah, it's it's Voyager, God, Voyager. Ugh. It would be way more interesting if Voyager had to survive and make it through like the battlefield, right? Like to get through it. And like nah. whatever happens. But no no. We have to talk to the Queen and she has to like whatever. And it's not the original well, it is at first the original Queen, Al- Alice something is her name. And then later in the show they Cooper. she's too busy. Alice Cooper. From the hit rock band Alice Cooper. <laughs> so Shelby, uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Shelby has like a, a bit of a faux pas. Yeah, She's, what is she? She says uh, we we're not going to be able to do anything against the Borg because they know everything that we know because of the assistance of Picard. Right. And Hanson's like, look here, you little so-and-so. That's right. Yeah, He she gets told, man. He's like, uh, I, I'm i going to tell you a tale of watching a Starfleet freshman cadet passing yeah. four upperclassmen in the final leg of a 40-kilometer run on Danula Den- 2, which made him <laughs> the only freshman ever to win the Academy Marathon. Uh, I, damn. I made it my business to get to know that cadet. His name was Picard, and I loved him. And I kissed him on the mouth. And under- he ran it so well. 
And under no circumstances would Picard assist the Borg, you fucking idiots. Yeah, she really stepped in it. And she's she's like, well, I guess I'll just kill myself. And he's like, yeah, I guess you should. <laughs> Super mirror timeline version of what happened. <laughs> but uh, Dr. Crusher is like, so we're not going to try and save him anymore because I secretly love him. Yeah. And Hanson's like, he's dead. Yeah, he's a casualty of war. He's he's That's already he dead, and there's no saving him. We're going to destroy that Borg cube and save Earth, and nothing's yep. going to stop us. She's like, bitch, we got to save Earth. We got to save Earth. It's where I'm from. That's where I live. That's where my air is, bitch. That's where I keep all my shit. <laughs> all my free shit that I got for free out of a machine. But uh, Riker gets a field promotion to captain, and he gets command of the Enterprise. Well, 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 look who got promoted anyway. <laughs> Even though he didn't want it. And he's like, I wish the circumstances were better, and Riker's like, you know, me too. Yeah. Yeah, he's so sad wish, about it. Wish he's my sad. dad wasn't a robot. <laughs> And, like, nah, I mean, I wish my dad was a robot, but, like, a cool robot. Yeah, not, like, a shitty robot that tries to destroy my yeah. world. A zombie robot. Maybe, like, a robot that could, like, make ice cream or something. Oh, uh, shit. Why don't any of the Borg have an ice cream maker in their chest? I don't know. They didn't They didn't think about the fans really wanting that That's, <laughs> back then. Really, if, if this was made today, there would be an online petition right now to make yeah. one of the Borg an ice cream maker. And they would say, if you don't do it, I'll never like this ever again. <laughs> Somebody who's listening to this, go to change.org and start a <laughs> petition to make one of the Borg on Star Trek TNG um, in the 1990s. <laughs> Into an ice cream maker. Dear writers of Star Trek 30 years ago, <laughs> in episode whatever, whatever, you put a telephone in Data's chest. Why isn't there an ice cream machine in every Borg's chest? Yours truly, this idiot. <laughs> Yours truly really loves ice cream in Saskatchewan. <laughs> ice cream Trekman 69. I'll take my answer off the air. Love the show. <laughs> Unless you don't put ice cream in their chest. <laughs> then I hate it forever. <laughs> and speaking of hating things forever, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Yes. And we'll be right back after these messages. When you're ready for a real challenge, you're ready for Marvel Madness. There are deadly steelies, marble munchers, acid pools, digital waves, vacuum cleaners, catapults, pistons, pounding hammers, killer birds, and they're all after you. Do you have what it takes to reach the silly maze where everything's upside down? Or the ultimate maze where even the maze moves? Do you have what it takes, or will Marble Madness make you lose your marbles? Marble Madness! And coming soon, Jordan vs. Bird, one-on-one -on -one for your Nintendo. And we're back. Hopefully you purchased that good and or service from your local dispensary. <laughs> like weed? Like yeah. Weed? I'm sure that was oh. a weed commercial. I don't think I have any of them saved. I don't know if there are any. Are there? There are like local dispensary commercials, I bet. Maybe I'll find one if I None remember. None from the 90s. Nah. Nah. <laughs> uh, maybe there was a fun commercial for a slinky in there. Who knows? Who knows at this point? It could be anything. Anyway, on uh, further on the way towards Earth, the Borg uh, put more robot shit into Picard. Yeah, they're giving him like something else. Like I don't know what it is, but it's a very sad moment. Yeah, they give him a fucking um, like 
salad tong arm. Oh yeah, that's right. They give him like a like a egg beater. <laughs> but uh, they they do. They give him the Dalek egg beater on yeah, his arm. The, the little yeah. <laughs> but uh, they do a close up of his eye, and a single CGI tear comes out of it. It's pretty sweet. It is. It's, he's it's like heart wrenching. You're like, God, he's losing his humanity. Yeah, it sucks, man. And especially, like, the episodes after this. Oh, man. Which, like, we should do at some point, but... Oh, yeah. We should do, like, the fallout of the Borg episodes yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back on the Enterprise, uh, Riker and Worf get in a turbo lift together and just kiss it out. They kiss all the frustrations Stress out. Stress makes you do weird stuff, you know? <laughs> Not that that's weird, but, like, they... I mean, they're professionals, so, like... Keep it together, guys. Yeah, just wait till you get back to your quarters. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> the smartest boy on the ship, Ensign Crusher, suggests uh, uh, creating a chip for the phasers that automatically retune them with every shot. Uh, so he gets credit for that, huh? Yeah, Good. smartest man on Earth. Great. Um, great, great, great. But they're like, yeah, that's great, that's great. And um, they're like, well, wh- how are we going to defeat the Borg now that they know everything Picard knows? And Worf being Worf is like, they don't have honor or courage, so we'll yeah. win. And Riker's like, man, I hope you're right, but, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like they, they got a big cube, dude. Like, I don't like, know what we're going to do about that shit. That thing is huge, man. Do you see that fucking thing? You can fit, like, 800 of our 2,000 passenger ship yeah. into that bitch. That thing's gigantic. There's, like, 50,000 people on that thing. But, well, uh, Borg. <laughs> they're, they're trying to get the shields working again, but, like, they can't. Every, like, every time they think they've got everything fixed again, like, one of the conduits breaks down again. Yeah, and then Han Solo said, no, this one goes here, that one goes there, right? And Chewie goes, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the right show. <sighs> uh, God, that was a good Chewie. Uh, <laughs> uh, Riker shows up and... Um, Jordy reminds us that Worf isn't just a big fucking slab of meat. And he's like, just the guy I've been looking for. We've been trying to retune the shields in order to automatically oscillate. And Worf's like, well, I'm the fucking tactical officer, so I know all about that. I'll help. Yeah, I'm I'm the the guy. Why didn't you just come here? Yeah, why didn't you? Why are you doing it yourself? Like, that's my shit. Yeah, let me get my wrench or whatever. (laughs) Uh, We get a mention of Barkley. Oh yeah, he gets mentioned so much. He's always off screen doing something. <laughs> he gets so, he gets so many mentions. It's great. But uh, they're, they're like, yeah, we should be underway in like three hours. But uh, Riker's like, all right, Shelby, uh, I'm required by the plot to like you now. Yeah, they're like so. buddies. <laughs> they're like friends. Well, not really. Quite. Not really. They're they're a little like catty towards each other still. But there's like they're starting to respect each other. Yeah, well, because, like, it, it, what's fucked up is, like, it doesn't matter anymore, because he's the captain, so, like, who cares, right? Like, he doesn't feel threatened, because he's already did it. Like, Yeah, it, it, she's, like, still trying to be the first officer as well, and Riker's like, dear God, you're really out to, for this job, aren't you? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know how to get things done, and I know everything about the Borg, and Riker's like, yeah, and you got a lot to learn, too. Yeah. And she, like, smiles, and she's like, yes, sir. And then he's like, wait. And he smiles like this smile that's almost like... If, if you could read his thoughts, it's a smile like, wait a minute. Yeah. Am I going to get the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. 
Is Catton gonna fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But he's like, yeah, Picard reminded me when I said that you were a pain in the neck that I was also a pain in the neck. Yeah. And they both smile at each other, and he's like, now I can go in for the kill. Yeah. Uh, But he gets called. (laughs) He gets the little bleep. And uh, the Armada has engaged the Borg at Worf. Worf's 359. He bought it. He bought it. It's his He bought it. The whole thing. 359. It'd probably sell for cheap after all this goes down. Nah, it's a monument after this. They leave the ships out there and stuff. It sucks. It's it's like the... the, uh, Elephant Graveyard. Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah. uh, Star Trek. Riker heads up to the bridge, and Admiral Hansen is like, yeah, the fight didn't go so well. We're not winning, and my TV's all fucked up, so you know shit's going bad. I don't know how to fix the vertical hold, Riker. Riker's Riker's like, the the second knob, the second knob. And he's like, no, I'm doing it. It's not doing anything. And he's like, that's the volume, the second knob. (laughs) Where's the tent? Don't fuck with the tent. (laughs) Don't worry about the tent. Oh, shit, everybody's blue. What's happening? God damn it. Uh, And then he dies. Yeah, he gets he gets cut off, and then that's him dying. He gets blowed up, and everybody's like, "Oh shit!" And meanwhile, Captain Cisco is like, "My wife just died! Yay!" Oh no, I'm gonna hate Picard forever. <laughs> guess guess I have some trauma I gotta live through in another series. Um, so the Enterprise is getting close to completing their repairs, and they just uh, go ahead and start towards Worf. Wolf three five nine. After saying Wharf for like a You'll million episodes of this show, it's difficult. It. <laughs> uh, Captain, like Riker is like kind of a dick about how he promotes Shelby. He's like, I've rem- I've reluctantly chosen to promote Shelby to first officer. Yeah, because he talks so because Wharf like is his buddy and like Wharf is like always like I'll follow you anywhere. You know, he like he like loves him. Yeah, like, is like he yeah. the two people he respects the most on Earth are like Riker and Picard. So yeah, and like apparently they can't promote Data yet. Like he's not ready or something. I don't know. But Data's been like a second officer for like 15 years yeah. or some shit. I mean, like, he pretty much says he needs to keep everybody at their current post yeah, because yeah. they're so good at what they do. Yeah, so it makes sense that, like, you get Shelby in there to be, I guess, I don't know. But they sit around and they talk about, like, upgrading their weaponry and their shielding and everything, and they're like, well, fucking, like, all of this seems like it's not gonna work, but what else are we gonna do, you know? Throwing your shoe at Superman, dude. <laughs> You gotta do something to make yourself feel better, right? You, you can't gotta just do, do nothing. Yeah. Uh, Riker yeah. goes into the re- the captain's ready room, and he just kind of stares at the chair. He it seems like he's oh, gonna I love this. It, he sort of stares at the chair, and he goes, "What would you do?" I love, dude. I love it. It's then so good. You get a little bleepy at the door, and Guinan comes in, and she's like, "I'm not interrupting anything, am I?" And he's like, "Well, actually, you are." I was just talking to Ghost Picard, and then it cuts over to Ghost Picard, and he's like, Guinan, what are you doing in here? I'm a fucking ghost. (laughs) I'm trying to haunt the place, Guinan. Please come back later. Remember when you were in that movie, Ghost? It's like, exactly like that. (laughs) Please let me possess you so I can kiss Riker. And Guinan's like, okay. Again. (sighs) Fine. But um, she kind of has a talk with him. She talks to him about, like, 
Locutus isn't Picard, like, he's gone, and you have yeah. to let him go. Like, my relationship is- with Picard is, like, he's literally my fucking twin. Like, we were born <laughs> out of the same womb together. It goes beyond <laughs> family. <laughs> and so yeah. if I can give him up, you can give him up, you bitch. Yeah, I spend time in the fucking nexus with him, which is basically like being in heaven with somebody. So, like, and since time doesn't matter, it happened already, because even though it didn't, it did. She knows. Yeah, she's she like... She everything. Su- she's a fucking wizard. She is a wizard, really. Like, That's she's some she sort is. of, like, farseer. Like, she knows everything. Yeah, she's a goddamn wizard. But, um, Space wizard. She she leaves and she tells him, you know, you have to become the captain. Like, nobody's gonna save these people except for you. And you You're have the to let the card to do it. I'm the captain now. <laughs> and Riker sits down in the chair... Yeah. And uh, the Enterprise arrives at Wolf 359, like, instantly. As soon as his butt touches the chair. And all I could think of is, like, it hurts William Frakes, or Jonathan Frakes. It hurts him to sit down that way. But he had to. Yeah. And you hear it when he sits down. He goes... (laughs) Because the uniform sucks, dick. Because his fucking back is, like, wrenching as he's sitting down. Ugh. But uh, he does it, and way to go. Way to go, Jonathan. <laughs> Worth it. Don't worry, Jonathan. You'll be on a hit show where you make up stories about ghosts and stuff on Sci-Fi Channel. I'm really loving all the like master cuts of him I, saying the same dude, lines. Oh, my God. It's so great. I used to watch the shit out of that show. Who's that show the tallest great. man you've ever met? <laughs> we made it up. It didn't happen. We made it up. Not this time. Not this time. Not this time. Oh. Um, Not this time. <laughs> but, like, as they arrive, they pick up, like, ships, but no life signs, no subspace communications, yeah, no power readings. There's a little bit of, like, Star Trekky bullshit in this scene with, like, they don't know, like, what's happening. Like, how do you not know, right? Like, you have sensors that can see shit for, like, light years. Like, how yeah. do you not know it's that more the dramatic. ships are fucked? Exactly. Like, they needed to pull up and see that the ships are destroyed, right? Yeah, like, put it on screen and, like... Yeah. The thing is, on screen is, like, a demo reel shot of, like, a 3D animator's work of it, like, yeah. panning through the graveyard of ships like yeah and one of them is so close that you can only see the tip of it like where is the ship in relation to this? yeah like how is it like where are they i guess it's like this the sensors are looking at it like they're magnifying it probably sure. i'm gonna i'm gonna say that I'm it gonna looks say that's great though like it's and for like, the music is like heart-wrenching yeah. as well yeah it's great like and there's a, a ton ship of just, federation like, exploding ships. And they go through the names, and they're like, oh, it's the whatever, it's the whatever. The Tolstoy, the Kyushu. Kyushu, and the Melbourne, which was the ship that Riker was going to be the captain yeah, of. And Riker, it does a close-up of Riker's face, and like you see how pained Ooh. he is from the hearing it's the Melbourne. I always thought he was like, ooh, good thing I didn't take that. <laughs> and he I pulls always, his collar. Whoa. I always read it as like, shit, I was supposed to be on that ship. I probably could have yeah. saved it, but... Yeah, maybe he probably thinks that, right? He probably is like, I wouldn't yeah. have died. I could have saved it. It would have been different for me, the hero. <laughs> I'm like in the show, so I can't die. <laughs> Look, I'm in the opening credits, so... And I, I paid like up all my name. union dues and haven't pissed off the writers yet, so they're not going to... Yeah. Tasha Yar me. Yeah, I'm in like the union, so I get insurance, so they're not firing me. <laughs> 
But uh, they figure out uh, the course of the Borg ship u- utilizing data magic. Yeah, there's some fucking shit. I don't and know. And they set a course to intercept. And well, like, it's hard to figure out where they're going. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, like, yeah. Where could they possibly be going? Well, 359 is, like, two seconds away from, like, the sun. Like, uh, Riker's like, I've got a plan. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Riker plans. They're always great. He's, like, so devious about it. He's like, don't worry, I've got a plan. The Riker maneuver. And he smiles and a little glint happens. Cling! (laughs) (laughs) But, um, he's, he's like, uh, we're gonna separate the saucer section. And Shelby's like, but the the Borg are gonna know about it. And does a close-up of Riker and he goes... I'm counting on it. So it's like her plan, but it's with a dash of Riker, right? Because like oh, she yeah. has the plan earlier to do this. Yeah, her and plan he, for saucer separation was just to create two targets, right? Just to make. But he is has a better idea. He's, he's gonna he's gonna Riker Riker the shit out of it. He got a sneaky plan. You gotta change this two targets into two and a half, three targets. He's like one of them making a lot of noise. <laughs> He's like Worf, Data. I got a special mission for you, best friends. And Data's like, "Fuck yes!" I mean, Worf is like, "Fuck yes!" Data goes, "Fuck yes!" Fuck yes! <laughs> and it does like an iris in on them, and then the logo Worf and Data appears on the screen. Coming <laughs> this fall on UPS. <laughs> Worf and Data. That'd make a great odd couple show. <laughs> Data. And it's just like the toothpaste is out. <laughs> I left it out because it is 0.73% more convenient for use. <laughs> I don't like it there. A warrior would never keep their toothpaste there. And he's using Nog's tooth sharpener. <laughs> that he likes so much. But, uh, like, they're chasing after the board cube for a little while and, like, they're like, how long until intercept? And it's They're always like far 10, behind, 10 yeah. or 15 minutes too late. And yeah. that's all the Borg are going to need to wipe out the planet Earth. Yeah, the Borg only need like five minutes. Like, that's how crazy the Borg are. Like, as soon as Borg start like landing on Earth, like, that's it, man. Oh, yeah. Like, it's you done. can't get rid of them. You're infected. That's it. But uh, they, they have a crew on the battle bridge led by Riker and a crew on uh, the saucer section read by, led by Shelby. Yeah. And uh, Riker does like the least convincing stall for time ever. He's like, "Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about uh, surrender. We're gonna yeah, surrender. we need we need to prepare." And Lucutus is like, "The pre- preparations are relevant. Like, He's like you're, prepare you're, for no what? Preparing. We're gonna yeah. turn you into robots. Yeah. What are you gonna what are you, prepare? What are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> nice try, Riker. Nice try, number one, or should I say number two? Yeah, doo doo brain over here." <laughs> Locutus is like, you've got to disarm all your weapons and escort us to Sector 001 so that we can assimilate your planet. Everybody line up orderly fashion. We're going to inject you with nanites that are going to change your DNA and turn you into a robot. Uh, the standard nanite injection. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Most uh, people aren't allergic to it. If you are, you'll be useless to us anyway. Yeah, so who, who cares? cares? <laughs> Fuck you. Take it. It's natural selection at that point. Uh, the guy who's at ops, like he's just some fucking no name. He's like, yeah, I've yeah. got, I've pinpointed the source of the transmission, and it's I can get you thirty meters close to it. Yeah, and which is I think in feet like ninety feet. 
right? It's like 150 million miles, I think. <laughs> I don't and know. Is a meter like three yards or a yard? What's a meter? Is it I don't less know, than a yard? actually. I don't know. It's like a little conversion. bit less than a yard, I think. I think. I think maybe. They're not uh, equal. They're not equal because that would be too easy. No. That would make life too easy. Why do we use why do we use yards? <laughs> why do we I don't know. Our whole system of fucking measurement is so stupid. I wish we would switch. Like yeah. not to get off on this tangent, but like we should probably just switch. Like yeah, we sh- well, we should have done it years ago. When like, we were in grade school, they, they started were telling trying us, to yeah. teach us the yeah. metric system, but like they stopped after like a month. Well, they they always told me I'm a little older than you uh, by like maybe a minute or two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're like two or three years older than me. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> they were like they were like telling us that we were gonna have to use it because they were like eventually we're gonna switch and like I was like okay fine like this is way easier it's ten like yeah. ten simple right it just take like, a little bit to get used to like kilometers per hour. Yeah, they they taught us for like a month or two a little bit about the metric system every day, and then yeah. they just stopped. Yeah, I will say like going to Canada and driving in kilometers is weird because it's like that. doubled, like everything's doubled, and you're like, whoa, I'm going real fast, but you're not. Um, they t- <laughs> they talk about uh, how they can't utilize the transporters from the ship because there's an electromagnetic field around the Borg cube that's blocking it. Yeah, the shields, you can't beam in with the shields, right? And, uh, so Data and Worf follow their plan, right? They they have emergency transporter armbands on, which, you know, why haven't, hasn't anyone used this ship before? <laughs> but, um, like, while Riker is talking to them about this shit, like, trying to get them, their attention, trying to get Locutus' attention, and, uh, he actually starts opening fire on him as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, you know, just open fire, get their attention while we do the saucer separation. Mm-hmm. And also the scrambler code for saucer separation is Riker 1. It seems like that'd be really easy to figure out. That's but- like changing your password to, like, Password. <laughs> like, I changed password my password to, to Jeff One. Yeah, no one will ever figure that That's out. That's a tough one. <laughs> Who's gonna guess that? But uh, like, both ships open fire and like they they're like unloading on the board cube, but it's not doing anything. Yeah, man. Think about it. Like, basically, the Enterprise is a Death Star, right? Like, it can blow up everything. Like, oh yeah, you if can it destroy shot, a planet. Yeah, you can destroy continents, easy planets in a matter of like a couple of minutes, right? Like, photon torpedo into the crust of the planet, boom, done, right? But oh, like. Yeah. The Borg ship is just like, nah, buddy. <laughs> it's like not even scratched by it. It sucks, man. Their shields are unpenetrable. Dude. But uh, the Borg, like, ignore the saucer module. Yeah. They're just straight up good. trying to use their... Um, the, the Borg standard, like, manner in which they attack is that they trap you in a tractor beam... Draw yeah. you in and then blow you the fuck up by all. They cut. They your cut sheet, your hull open and shit. They do all. They're like, they're very like. It's very surgical. Like oh, I always, yeah. I always got like a like a very like a violating feel from it because like it's it's like surgery. Like they have that cutting beam thing, which just like cuts holes and stuff. Like yeah, the the whole idea is that they're gonna cut the hull open and then tractor beam everyone inside. Yeah, they just like. If like just they just like fuck your shit up, right? Like, it's it's like a can opener, just like can opener yeah. in your ship. It sucks. Uh, Riker orders Shelby and the uh, oh 
Holy shit. Are you bored, Jeff? Oh, fuck you, Josh. <laughs> um, Riker orders Shelby aboard uh, the um, the flying saucer section uh, to fire an antimatter spread, which is literally like fireworks it's in space. It's just fireworks. Yeah, they're just like it's beautiful. The Fourth of July. Happy birthday, and Federation. Locutus is like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is this? He's so like he scanning starts- around like crazy and shit. So he like tries to split his attention between the saucer section and uh, the lower deck section, mm-hmm. the battle bridge section. Yeah, the cool part where I want to be. Yeah, fuck yeah. I it's all be in dark the hot down there, like part. cool. Yeah, red lights. That means fucking cool shit's about to happen, or uh. sex. <laughs> <laughs> So Data and Worf hop in a shuttle, and they basically fly out through the anti-miter spread in order to hide their uh, their ionization trail. Yeah, the Borg like can't lock onto them with the tractor beam. I guess if there's like antimatter explosions happening, like they Makes can't sense. pick it up. They can't yeah. pick up the shuttle at all. Although like they start to. They, yeah, he knows what they're doing, I think, right? Like, he kind of knows. Looks, Locutus kind of... Because he starts shooting the tractor beam around, like, beep, beep, like poking around yeah. to see where it is. Like, he sees that there's a shuttle going. He probably doesn't know what they're doing beyond that, but he sees right. that they've sent out a shuttle, and that's where he needs to be focusing his attention. But the antimatter spread is making it more and more difficult to focus on the shuttle. Yeah. So they basically just turn their ship systems off and, like, Coast float in. in. Yeah, yeah. And Pop it in neutral, Data. We're going in in neutral. Hopefully we can stop. <laughs> and somehow they do, I guess. They got thruster, the little jetpacky thrusters, right? Yeah. Like uh, that's the sound they make. <laughs> Data and Worf use their emergency transporter armbands to beam into the cube within 30 uh, whatevers. 30... Meters. <laughs> 30 Peters. Peter meters. Peeners. And uh, they so they walk around one corner and see Locutus. Oh, there he is. I found him. I found him. That was hard. And Good thing the like, set the prop department only built this one corner. <laughs> they could have walked around it like six times. They like could have moved the camera. Move the camera up in the ceiling, put it down low. Yeah. It's different, yeah. Um, they they kill five Borg with their phasers with yeah. uh, Wesley Crusher's genius hand oh, phasers. God. And <laughs> Worf runs up and grabs Locutus, and Data just kind of stands there for a second while another Borg yeah. walks up behind him. Like I don't know what Data's doing at this point because Worf is clearly like not. Hand like like yeah. strong as fuck, dude. Klingons are crazy strong, right? But, but not as strong as a robot man, apparently. The Borg are insane, dude. Like he's struggling against Locutus, and Data's Damn. just standing there, and Worf's like, "Fucking a little help over here, help me, goddammit. it!" Yeah. Uh, eventually, Data incapacitates that Borg, and he runs up and like shoves an epidural into Locutus. Knocks yeah. him out, and they beam back over to the shuttle and head back to the. He ship. puts like a pin in the factory reset hole button, and like <laughs> it like factory resets him to like sleepy time or whatever the fuck. Uh, and <laughs> as we learn, that's how they're going to be able to. That's how they're the going to do it. Yeah, that's how they do it. Put it in sleep mode. There is a tense ass moment where that ship, the uh, shuttle, is headed back to the ship. And they're like, beam him out of there, Mr. Yeah, O'Brien. I love this shit. I can't, I can't, I love this shit. I the can't. shuttle gets blown to bits, but yeah. 
there's just enough time for O'Brien to bean back our heroes. Old tricks are sometimes the best tricks. It and I puts you it. on the edge of your seat, man. You're like, oh no, did they make it? Did they fucking make it? Of course they did, right? But like, you don't really know. But they did make it. Even they if did. you know they made it, like Worf it still is in makes fucking feel, DS9, yeah. but still, right? You still feel it. It's it's just good. It's just good show. It's just good television time. Yep. 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 Good job, Cliff Bowl. <laughs> Alright, here's the scene where we're gonna give Wesley something to do, I guess. So, uh. Wesley, stand here! Yeah, and he, like, jerks gonna... him over there. He's like, I'm an actor! Yeah, you yeah, fucking. Yeah. When your balls drop, you're an actor. Yeah, you're an actor, sure. <laughs> you're a prop. My fucking mother's an actor, too. You fucking <laughs> dick. She yeah, actors like she loves me. Yeah, just the rest of us here. <laughs> now fucking say your line, you little dick. Your oh, mother God. doesn't love you. I'm gonna be a real shithead someday. Yeah, you are already. <laughs> this is really messing me up, and I'm now I'm like Morty from Rick and Morty. <laughs> this is really gonna mess me up, Rick. <laughs> uh, Shelby's uh, uh, reports that the saucer section's impulse engines are fucking disabled. They're down. Yep. And the the Borg ship powers up, and they're all thinking like, "Oh my god, it's gonna fucking fire on us, right?" Yeah. But uh, the Borg just take off. They're like, yeah, they're like fuck that it. they have yeah. Locutus. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna assimilate like thirteen billion of them in a second. So fuck it, who cares? Who gives a shit? There's also Locutus. tons of them on the moon. Like, let's just go to the moon first. That would have. I guess the moon was like maybe on the other side. Who knows? Yeah, they were like, fuck it, who cares? We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll get there. But uh, Crusher's like, I'd like to study the assimilation process in uh, Picard's body so that I know a little bit more about it. Yeah. And maybe I can reverse it a little bit better. But Riker's like, look, uh, if we do that, like, Earth's going to get obliterated. Yeah, we got, like, a time-sensitive thing going on here. We don't have time for this shit. Yeah, we we don't have time for science right now. We got to put the science on the back burner for this one. Use fast science and figure out how we can kill these boards. Quickly figure it out so we don't all get fucking killed. (laughs) But uh, they do revive Locutus, and he's like a dickhead. He's like, Picard wouldn't have approved of you trying to save me, Riker. Right. In what you're doing hasn't stopped the Borg at all. Yep. Uh, but Locutus is like weirdly like, I intend you no harm. Yeah. Which is like, is it Picard again? Like, who knows? Maybe. Right? Because like, the Borg for sure intends you harm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, maybe they it's not them. harm in the way they look at it. Yeah, maybe they don't assimil- think it. Yeah, maybe because they're, they're like, we're just going to like, doesn't he say like we're gonna like uh, like relieve you of all of your pain, right? They're like yeah, we're just they're gonna, like we're gonna. It's a higher quality of life is what we're trying to offer. That's you, what, he what he said. said. Yeah. Which like that's super objective or subjective rather. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would definitely not like to be a robot zombie. That doesn't sound good to me at all. No, it would it would be horrible unless you got to be in the alcove next to seven of nine, and then it would be like probably less horrible. <laughs> Sounds pretty bad still. Like, it'd be Seven of Nine when she was, like, a Borg, though, with all the gross Borg I'll shit. I'll take Seven of Nine as a Borg. I'm into it. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, it's not like I want to climb up a giant vagina. I just like Borg shit. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Look, Jeff. That's where the line gets drawn. Me. Don't kink shave me. I like tubes and laser beams. <laughs> That's where the fucking line gets drawn, though. If you're trying to get into the attack of the 50-foot woman, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much. 
You've gone too far. Take a step back. But uh, he basically tells them that they've done nothing to stop the Borg. They're headed straight towards Earth, and they're going to force the Federation's unconditional surrender yeah, which and assimilation. Means they're just going to make them zombies. <laughs> uh, however, through actual science use, Data yeah. finds out that there are subspace signals that are going from Locutus to the Borg Collective and back at yeah. all times. They're always happening. And... Uh, Dr. Crusher is like, well, that has to be what's controlling him. Right. And uh, this, like, Borg collective consciousness is being shared at all times through the subspace signals. So later we find out that this is, like, the cooperative. Like, that's where they... This is, like, the Matrix, right? Like, the Borg later, like, figure out how to get into this, like, realm. This, like... It's not really like it's like the major. It's not a real place. It's just like a hard drive, right? Where they can like. It's like an live. artificial reality. Yeah, and so they start to like revert back to their like selves again, where like they're like people again, and it really fucks the Borg up because the Borg are like, we can't have this shit. These people fucking they figured out that they're slaves. <laughs> nah, we need to go back to the old ways where everybody's yeah. one guy. That's yeah. way better. <laughs> the Borg shall rise again. That's what the Queen says, and you're like, oh, jeez. Jefferson Davis over here. <laughs> the, uh, like, Riker thinks that the best way to go about this is to just block the signals. Yeah. Uh, but they think that that would cause Locutus to self-destruct immediately. Yeah, and, and like, a part of you is like, well, I mean, you gotta do it, right? Because, like, it's like one versus, like, a lot. Like, it's the, it's the yeah. problem. I mean, you come to the... When you really think about it, though, if they do disconnect Picard from the Borg and he self-destructs, that doesn't stop the Borg in any way, shape, or form, though. It doesn't even yeah. slow him down. Yeah, so, yeah, but they, they I guess they, like, to figure out, like, Data does his math, computer math, and is like, I'll just go in there. <laughs> yeah, he, he fucking, like... HDMI is his way into Picard's yeah. brain. <laughs> He's like, give me the fucking HDMI cable. And then, like, Kate's McFadden is like, this one? Because she's like a mom and she doesn't know. <laughs> and, you're, she, and you're like, no, that's RCA. That's like VCR. What's I don't even know. Difference? Why do we even have this? No, why do we have this? <laughs> Who's saving RCA cables? For, for some reason, Locutus is just like waltzing around the <laughs> ship. <laughs> And he walks up to Worf, and he's like, you're Worf, Klingon. You'll also be assimilated. Yeah, and Worf's and like... Uh, Worf's like, yeah, no, thank you. More that like, sounds like no. shit, idiot. <laughs> and Locutus is like, why wouldn't you want to be a Borg? It would raise the quality of your life, and everybody yeah. would be happy. And Worf's like, I like Klingons the way they are. Yep. And you're like, oh, that's some narrow vision. You're going to become one with the Borg anyway, dickhead. You won't have a choice. Ever. (laughs) He, like, looks at Data and he's like, you're a primitive artificial organism and you're going to be obsolete. Yeah. I'm like, damn, dude, you couldn't just make friends? Come on. Nah, he's judgy. He's super judgy. (laughs) But uh, Crusher, like, hyposprays him out again. Yeah. Go to sleep, old man. With your racist android (laughs) views. Uh, Riker then gets word that the Borg have arrived at Sector Zero. Oh, uh, and then you see Saturn, and you're like, I know that planet. It's Saturn. It's a hammer there. Well, close. <laughs> I live kind of close there, a couple, couple billion miles uh, away, but... I live in the neighborhood. 
Jupiter Outpost 92 and the planetary defenses in uh, our solar system are like engaging the Borg, but there's nothing that can fucking stop them. Yeah, they send like three fighters out and then they get killed like immediately. So those people's family are probably really sad that their children are dead for no reason other than, you know. They had to do something. Some kind of throw throw a fucking gun at Superman shit. Pretty like, much. Like, not, not, just at that point, man, I'd just be like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, like, wait and see what's going on. Because, like, I mean, I'm sending three fighters against a Borg cube. That's idiotic. It was absolutely <laughs> idiotic. <laughs> it's suicide. Like, it's, like, immediate suicide. Not even, like, maybe suicide. Like, definite suicide. You have to wonder what the dudes in those fighters are like, you you want me to, like, fly towards it? Maybe they were, like, okay. super into it. Maybe they're, like, gung-ho guys. Like, I need three volunteers. And then yeah, the three they're... coolest dudes are like, Iceman, you're up. Maverick, you're up. So, I was picturing the three main characters from Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. Like, Johnny Rico and fucking... Rico! The yeah. girl that's in love with him and <laughs> Doogie oh, Howser. Dizzy? Oh, yeah. Dizzy. Oh, Dizzy. I love you, Dizzy. This, here's how stupid Johnny Rico is. <laughs> Johnny Rico wants to date fucking what's-her-name from Wild Things, right? Yeah, I don't remember her name either, but she's like... Christmas I'm Jones. I'm a pilot. Yeah, I'm gonna be a pilot, and I'm, like, super hot in 1997. And then fucking Dina Meyer, who's also in Star Trek, so this is related to Star Trek. I, uh, I believe it. She's, uh, ad- she's Commander whatever from uh, the last one with the... Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, fuck. Finish your story. The Romulans. <laughs> Fucking Dina Meyer shows up, and then Johnny Rico is like, Dizzy, I'm like not into your hot redheadedness, which fucking fuck, first of all, you're a fool. And then later he loves her, because of course you do. Yeah, what a later waste of he time. loves her, and then she gets fucking bugged to death. You should have fucking loved her before, idiot. At least I got to have you. That's what she says. Yeah, fucking Johnny Rico. What an idiot. You could have had some sweet redheaded prom night sex, dude, in your fascist society. That's Ugh. all you can hope for. <laughs> That's all our future fucking generations are going to be able to hope That's for. That's all anyone can really hope for anyway. <laughs> but, uh, like, this is the period of time where the Borg Cube is, like, 27 minutes away from Earth, and they're 42 minutes away from the Borg, and, like, they can't close the gap because the Borg Cube is so fast. Yeah, and, like, I guess they, like, don't want to warp through the solar system or some reason. I don't know. Well, it's like, it's like... I think it's something about, like, when you're inside of a solar system. You're, you're not, not supposed like, to, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, restricted travel. But, like, at this area. point, maybe you'd do it, like, a little bit? Cause like, yeah, I wouldn't be fucking paying attention to the speed limit yeah, if there was, yeah. like... If the world was about to end. It used to be in the old series, it was like if you warp next to a planet, the magnetic field fucks up or something. But they got like rid of that and like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's just kind uh, Do of... they ever warp next to a planet in TNG? Well, I they... Remember. I mean, Zephram Cochran does. Like he does. Well, Zephram Cochran does whatever the fuck he wants, right? Yeah, but like, why doesn't that make it fuck up? Like, I know it's I little. I guess because it's like the... It's it's a small ship, but it's also like a really weak warp engine where they can only reach warp one. Yeah, maybe like it's the how big the ship is. Maybe it fucks with shit. I don't could fucking be. know. It could be like the size of the warp pocket you're opening. Maybe maybe it like ripples and it could fuck the. I mean that might yeah that might be it. 
Um, we're like, like f- trying to find a reason for this very <laughs> written in dilemma. Trying to fucking r- write around this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Data tries to interface with Locutus with his HDMI cord. <laughs> they finally found one. Gates was like, is it this one? And they're like, yes, God, finally. Why did you just give me this one in the first place? Like, uh, Dr. Crusher is there for Picard's physical human medical condition, and O'Brien is trying to, like, they bring O'Brien in because Jordy's busy, I guess. Uh, yeah, where's Jordy? He's just in the he's, engine room. Uh, he's in engineering. Like, he's scottying the power. They yeah, need. he's, he's scottying. He needs more power. Yeah. And uh, O'Brien's like, I'm in this episode. <laughs> I'm a really good actor who should be in it all the time. I don't know yeah. why I'm not. They don't know that yet, yeah. but they're gonna really kick themselves later. Yeah, we'll put him in a different show. Trust and, us. And Troy is there because, uh, really, like, fucking, she has a contract. She really should have been in the show a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> well, like, this makes sense for her. This is one of those rare occasions where it makes sense for her to be there. Because she can start to sense when he returns, right? Like, she she could feel him come back. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times where Troy would make sense to be there and she's not. And she's and not. I'm always like, what the fuck? And why then she's in other episodes where you're like, why is Troy here? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, away teams are always a little bit like that, where you're like, yeah. what the fuck is Wesley doing with them? Yeah. Or well. like, why did you bring the ship's doctor here? Yeah. Uh, it's their turn for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> but she's there to empath her way to figuring out if Picard's come to the surface or not. Yeah. Uh, the Mars defense perimeter gets fucking sacked, and the... The Borg are at Sector 001. There's nothing standing between them and Earth anymore. And our heroes are 23 minutes behind. 23! (laughs) How in the fuck are they gonna get there? Find out after these messages. Oh, a cliffhanger. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. You once knew him as Picard, captain of the Starship Enterprise. But now, he's half man, half machine. A deadly pawn of the evil Borg. His mission, to destroy Earth and anything or anyone who gets in his way. It's the showdown of the 24th century on the next exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And we're back. Uh, and man, if you've been on the edge of your seat, yeah, um, just stay wait. there because we're st- we still got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're at the end though. <laughs> uh, Data is still trying to establish a neural link. He's like going deeper and deeper into the link, and yeah. at the fifth level, he finally finally establishes a net and gathers information on the Borg. Yeah, he gets on the net with uh, Sandra Bullock. He f- and he, he fucking signs onto AOL, and he orders and a pizza, and it, then she like doesn't pay for the pizza, and it was like, whoa! I've never <laughs> I think seen I'm, that movie. I think I'm the only person who's ever seen that movie. It's on the movie theater. <laughs> I've seen the box art. Yeah, you saw Hackers, right? Yeah, I've seen Hackers. Hackers is amazing. Hackers is a great movie. I love. It's got it. a Vulcan thought- in it. It does. I thought that's how New York City was when I was a kid. I was like, that's like what New York is like. Like all these kids going. Maybe like, it was at the time. Bikes. 
I don't think so. It probably was. Well, I, I don't the think the same like... thing was Saved by the Bell, where I was yeah. like, this is what high school's like. This is, yeah, this is, I always thought Saved by the Bell was like what California was like, right? Like, California high school. Dude, the thing that really got me, though, is like, for some reason, I never thought that Saved by the Bell high school was going to be like my high school experience. Yeah. But for some reason, I thought the college years was going to be, be like my college. college experience. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch that show so i i don't i've only seen the the high school say by the bell a little bit but i've never seen the call i remember when it was on the college like, years is a like hungry grasping desirous <laughs> like sisyphean pushing the rock up the hill of trying to make a show yeah, and failing over and over again, and having to retool it the next episode over and um, over again. That's awesome. That sounds like right up my alley. <laughs> like every episode is like, this is the status quo now. Just kidding. Kelly's back. Remember her? She's in so going to college too. <laughs> so oh, it's fucking Riverdale. <laughs> oh, Kelly's back, but oh shit, the ratings haven't caught up yet. Fucking Lisa's back. Lisa's going Lisa. to college with him now. <laughs> Oh my god. Mr. Belding visits. Like it's fucking... almost like it's almost like it was a bad idea to ever take them out of high school. Right? Yeah, well I mean fucking Zach looked like he'd been injecting steroids directly into his fucking heart muscle for like Yeah, he's like super cranked up. Like right? he got jacked during the college years to the point where like there are scenes where like Slater calls him preppy or somebody talks about yeah. how like they want Slater's muscles instead of his preppiness or whatever, yeah, but they're yeah. the exact same size. Yeah. It's <laughs> dude, I love that shit. When the character no longer fits the image of the guy's like literally like thirty years old at this point. They couldn't have kept him in high school much longer at that point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But like what do you do like when they're in college? Like, what do you do? Uh, they don't do much of anything that I remember. I know, they like do like two seasons, I think, and then they did a movie where Zach and Kelly get married. Oh, they got married. Yeah, yeah they cool. got married. They got they had a Las Vegas wedding. That's smart. <laughs> uh, I don't remember anything about that movie. <laughs> There's a movie. That's yeah, a movie. It was like a TV movie. Why aren't we watching that for like the things that we need to watch that? We can watch that for Jeff and Josh talk over yes. movies. Fuck yes. Which you can get at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. I would love to, like, I want, because I don't know shit about the show. I don't know, like, I know, like, the, the, the stereotypes and the I tropes. I think there so. are specifically characters in that movie that are just from the college years. Okay, so you have to, like, explain So you me. you would not know who the fuck they are. Yeah. And that's perfect, like a, because they don't matter. It's like, it's like in Power Rangers when they get, like, new people every season, and you're like, ugh. They and I had, gotta like start over and like like these people. They had uh, <laughs> fucking this. They had these two girls that lived in the same dorm as the guys. There are no guys and girls dorms. There's like bedrooms on either side of a gigantic living room and kitchen. Yeah. And the girls who live there are like a weird artsy chick and a rich girl. Yeah. And the rich girl was supposed to be Zach's girlfriend. The will they, won't they for college years. But then right, they, but then they brought Kelly then back. Then they brought Kelly back. So both of the girls that lived in that room were like after Slater. And <laughs> oh different ep- different writers would think that one of the girls one was the be... love interest. Yeah. And the other one wasn't. 
So there are episodes where they're competing. There are episodes when they're encouraging one or the other to go after him. Right. Like, no continuity. Fucking, it's just random, yeah. How could they fucking fuck up that bad? It's like... I'm it's kidding. Like a, all, of, but, all of Saved by the Bell is that way. <laughs> yeah, one, one week it's Lisa, right? The next week it's fucking well, yeah, they, Jesse. They did this whole fucking giant episode, like pageant thing where like Zach falls in love with Lisa yeah I remember and, that I do remember it's this like I've loved you forever or whatever and like right. we we really should be together now and they kiss at the end of the episode and then the next episode is Zach trying to figure out how to ask Kelly to the prom and Lisa helping him it's crazy there's man. no continuity it's hilarious it's crazy there's, how there is one season like uh, somewhere in the middle where um I think it's Lisa, Kelly. I think Lisa, Kelly, and Jesse all don't want to be on the show anymore. Yeah, or no, <laughs> it's Kelly problem. and Jesse. They don't want to be on the show anymore. They weren't getting enough money, so they right. just leave. And they bring in a new girl who's like a biker chick. Yeah, and she's only in one season, and then the next season starts, and no one ever mentions her again. That's the best. It's just like high school. When you move away, you're dead to me. Pretty much. <laughs> Fucking Chuck went upstairs, so yeah, he's exactly. Gone <laughs> exactly. Okay, Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> I really should do a Saved by the Bell podcast. Anyway. I would love to watch it with you. I I never I oh, I'm you like, want to do a Saved by the Bell. No, I don't want, I don't know if I want to do a whole podcast, <laughs> but I would love to watch the movie and have you explain this shit to me. See, it's I, I did have the idea to do the Saved by the Bell podcast, where it's just me and I bring a different person on every time <laughs> and to you watch explain an it to them. With me. That's fucking great. So I might do idea. it that way. Anyway, um, uh, Locutus sort of figures out what Data's doing and like tries to use his uh, egg beater arm. Yeah. To break out of the thing he's in. But Data, like, snaps it off. He's like, wham! And Locutus <laughs> just looks at it like, oh, no. Oh, that's where my genitals were. <laughs> <laughs> they moved them, Data. God damn you. Make sure you put that on ice, please. Um, <laughs> But, like, they do the standard thing where, like, Data gets close to figuring things out, and everybody's like, no, Data, the power levels are too high. We've got to yeah. stop. And Data's like, wait a minute, hold up. Just wait Give me a minute. One second. And then at the same time, like, the Borg are starting up the ship. Wait, are we there yet? No, we didn't do that. I don't do think yet. we're there yet. We didn't do like, that yet. I Dr. Forgot. Crusher comes to the realization that the Borg have, like, a weakness. They're completely yeah. dependent on one another. That's, yeah. And so, really, the, the hero of all of this is Crusher. She figures out everything. <laughs> uh, but Data sort of gets all the the grandiose attention because he's a robot. Yeah, well, they plugged him in. I guess it's kind of like like you using a computer. Like your computer should get some of the credit, right? That's true. That's true. But um, thanks, computer. They, they realize that like if a command is put in through subspace, then all the Borg have to follow that command. Yeah. And so Riker's idea is to disable the weaponry system. Yeah, they try the weapons first, which is, like, kind of a... It's, it's, I mean, it's the most, like, straightforward idea, but, like, thinking about it later, it's kind of dumb. Because, like, like, the weapons are going to be, like, super protected, right? Oh, like, yeah. All that stuff's going like, to be protected. They got McAfee on that shit. Like, you're not breaking <laughs> through. 
<laughs> yeah. And they got their own viruses on it to protect from your viruses. Like, they have no options against the Borg at this point. The Borg have, like, fucked their ship up. They've got them in a tractor beam at this point. Yeah. And so Riker's just, like, laying a collision course. Yep. And We're going to kamikaze this bitch. Wesley looks around like, but what am I going to die, Captain? Riker's like, listen, boy. <laughs> Crash the ship into the ship. Nut up or shut up. Collision yeah. course. You knew what this was. But Picard grabs onto Data's hand. Yeah. Locutus Picard grabs onto his hand and lifts it up and he says, Sleep. Data. Sleep, sleep. Data. Yeah. And Data's and Dr. Crusher's like, oh, he's exhausted. He's and so Data's sleepy. like, no. Yeah. I've got the answer. I know what it is, yeah. So shit's getting fucked. Like, the ship's getting cut into. Like, everybody's screaming. People are dying. All, yeah. the, all the toilets are going the opposite direction. <laughs> and uh, Data, like... It, Data's accessing the system. He's trying to put in the low-priority, like, regeneration cycle sub-command path. Yeah, and the to Borg make them like, all go to their alcoves and take a little nap. The Borg like intensify their attack at this point. They realize what's happening. Like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. But Data fucking he puts that sleep. He puts sleep in there. He sleep casts mode. sleep. He casts sleep and he crits. He <laughs> he fucking nat natural twenties. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and the Borg just stop attacking. <laughs> and Riker's like, Data, what the fuck happened? And he's like, I I put him to sleep. I did what you told me to do. <laughs> Riker feeling ballsy, I guess, sends an away team yeah, to this check is where if I, they're asleep. Yeah, this is where I'm like, yo, dude, just blow that fucker up, man. Like, get this done. Like, you know how lucky you are? Exactly. Like, like I would have blown point, that shit to yeah, bits immediately. Just, you gotta blow it up, man. You gotta cut your losses and blow that thing up, dude. Shelby's like... uh the Borg's power net is on a feedback loop, and so it's just going to fucking overload and explode. Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I, d I don't know computers, so it's sure. perfectly fine for me. Why, why not? Why, why the Borg not? control all deleted, and now they're going to blow up. the ship's going to blow up. Yeah. And the, <laughs> Data's like, uh, we should examine the Borg ship so that we can learn more about it. And Riker's like, nope, let's go. Yep. Yeah, he knows. He's like, nah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna blow this thing up. We're we not gonna tempt fate on this yeah. shit. Yeah, we already did that when I sent those idiots over. There. <laughs> <In> the <laughs> so the Enterprise flies away and the Borg ship explodes, and the Memory Alpha says, ending the threat of the Borg. At least for now, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Good thing we get the best Star Trek new movie out of this. That's like, true. Like, not only did we get a great series finale into the next season, but we get the best Die Hard in Space movie that there ever was. <laughs> uh, Picard's kind of come back to normal at this point. His connection to the Borg has been completely shut down. Yeah. And... There's there's a classic Star Trek corny moment where Troy's mm -hmm. like, "How do you feel, Captain?" And he looks at his robot arm and says, "Almost human." It's great. It's very uh, Spock-ish, right? Yeah. At He's like, end. "But I just got a headache." Yep. 
And they're like, and they're well, like don't worry, we have space drugs. We're, we're just gonna drill all this robot shit out of you. It'll be fine. I hope you don't mind wearing weird band-aids that look like the old parts that we took out of you. Yeah, it makes it look like they just left some in. Like, oh, we'll get it out later. I think it's kind of cool. Like, I kind of like it, because I guess it's like regrowing his skin, right? Like, yeah. taking care of the scars or whatever. What would be really cool is if he had to have like a little piece of Borg technology on his head Still. at all times forever, so it's they just do a little that reminder. With they do that with seven which is like yeah the, like like this like they learned right like they're like well she because she was like a borg for like 18 years right well, yeah that's a big difference he was and a borg for less than a 18, day like 18 hours yeah like yeah so like he he can like be fixed completely but she's like dependent on stuff still because her dna changes yeah. more there's a really great moment here too where like picard talks about like how Riker had like a brilliantly unorthodox strategy yeah and Riker starts out doing his like normal sort of like smile but it yeah. changes into like dad said something nice about me yeah yeah <laughs> he's happy that his dad's back like he's really like proud of himself mm -hmm. because he made his dad happy yeah, this show is great because, like, we get, like, all of the things that the show was, like, meant to be in, like, two episodes or, like, one long episode. Like, oh, yeah. We, we get Captain Kirk Riker, which Riker is, like, Kirk, right? Like, he's more like Kirk than, than Picard is. Mm -hmm. And you get Picard set up for this, like, really dramatic role that Patrick Stewart was, like, meant to play, right? Like... Like, now Patrick Stewart gets to have this, like, pathos and this, like, backstory where he's, like, fucked up forever because he was, like, violated by these fucking oh, yeah. cyborgs, you like, know what I mean? The next scene plays that off so well. I fucking love this. He's back in his uniform, he's back at his desk, everything's the same. He's got those, like, bandaged things on his head that are, like, yeah. regrowing the skin and everything, but, like... Riker's having his little like coy back and forth with uh, Shelby, with Shelby, and like Picard is like doing his normal thing, and yeah. he has his little Earl, Earl Grey tea. And when everyone leaves the room, he brings the Earl Grey tea up to his face, but like mm -hmm. he slowly looks up, and you just see this like he's horror. haunted by what it's, happened. It's like this look across yeah. his face. He just sets his tea down and he sits back, and you just see he's completely lost. He's like broken like he's a broken yeah. human being and he stands up and walks to the window and there's so many scenes in tng where he where walks he through that window it, and yeah. looks out and he's always very contemplative but he's just like blank as he looks yeah. out because he had his humanity almost completely stripped from him and he's also, just changed also he like murdered like several tens of thousands of people yeah. <laughs> like he like had like he didn't do it obviously like it wasn't him but like he remembers it he says he remembers everything right like yeah he knows he looks out at earth and like he just has this look on his face that he's just gutted yeah yeah it would mess anybody else up completely like he would be fucked up for life like and, and like you kind of get that with seven later like they kind of give her like real emotional problems she's like a child almost because she's like oh, never yeah learned how to be a person but with like, picard like he's always in control and now he's not and that's got to be horrifying and a lot of people talk about how it wasn't followed up as well as it could have been there are a few episodes where it gets brought up as time goes on and i mean yeah. it gets brought up at the beginning of deep space nine yeah um that's something that first contact is really good at 
Yeah, it starts out with the nightmare. He yeah, has the he's, nightmare. He's still haunted. Like that's yeah. the thing about Picard is he's not going to be very outward with his. Yeah, he's not gonna tell you. Yeah, like he doesn't tell anybody anything. And like you get the you get the feeling like he's having the nightmares again because Borg are returning. So there's still that like Borg in him. Like he's I still love connected. that. He's like infected with like he's got like a like a virus in him now. Like this episode is like these two episodes are a masterpiece. Yeah, they're great. I love it. Then the show gets like fucking amazing. Yeah, the rest this. of the show stays really fucking good for until masks. many more seasons. Oh yeah, till season seven. Yeah, you see they why they took it off the air, phone it in pretty hard at that. Some of those episodes. Yeah, it gets. <laughs> yeah, time um, time to shut it down. <laughs> um, a uh, little fun fact of the week for you here, right at the end what? of the episode. A uh, little John Larroquette fun fact of the week. How interesting. Uh, the The plot of this episode apparently was very difficult for the writer's room to finish. Okay. And Rick Berman admitted straight out that when they finished the first half, they had absolutely no idea what was going to happen in the second episode. Well, they did a great job. <laughs> Isn't that I crazy? Mean- I mean, just goes to show you, like, sometimes, like, it's the Star Wars uh, adversity, like, success through adversity, right? Like, oh, it's yeah. Like, impossible to make Star Wars, and it's, like, the greatest movie, like, ever made, right? Like, it's, like, such an undertaking that, like, literally almost killed everybody who did it. <laughs> but, like, it turned out to be amazing. It's, like, it's wild that, like, these two episodes have such a profound effect on, like, the entire mythos of Star Trek forever. Yeah, it makes it, it expands it to the point where, like, I I had this whole thing I wanted to talk about. I'll just talk about it for, like, a little bit. But, like, how now, like, like, the Federation was living the fucking sweet life, right? Like, they had to deal with the Klingons. They had to deal with the Romulans. But, like, pretty much everything was, like, pretty normal. And, like, everyone's living in this utopia. And, like, I think what makes Star Trek incredible is, like, now, if you're in the Federation, like, how do you go to sleep at night yeah, knowing I mean, that this is out there? Like, how do you fucking live like that? Y- you have to think that, like, the Borg cube was in our orbit, and it's so massive that you probably yeah. could have looked up and, and saw seen it, yeah, it if you're, in the yeah. night sky. Right. Like, you could, you could definitely could have seen it, right? And like, it's like, how do you sleep on Earth after that, you know? Yeah, and it, make, it just, like... That's the point of Starfleet, right? That's the point of Star Trek is, like, you're you're out there, man. Like, you might feel like you're safe on Earth and your utopia with your fucking machines that make you food and clothing. But, like, it doesn't matter. Because look at that fucking shit. That shit came, like, one second away from destroying us all. Like, literally, not even destroying us, but, like zombifying us into like yeah, this like, like machine us state. Sl- robotic slave yeah. labor forever it's like fucking horrifying and like I think it's a turning point in in universe for Starfleet also where they kind of like have to get their shit together right like they need to like get a little more tough and like I know that that's like not how Starfleet works a lot of the time it but like necessary though. but like now like what Q I think wanted to show Picard in the episode where they first see the Borg is like humanity's gotta nut up a little bit you know what I mean like it's it's great to like be explorers and scientists and like that's what Starfleet is and always will be there but, needs like, to be a defense yeah. line somebody there, needs there needs yeah. to be a stronger line yeah. of defense cause like because you can't we don't know what's out shit. there right and there's 
maybe there's worse shit than the Borg, right? Like, who knows? Yeah. And I mean, uh, we we kind of meet worse shit than that eventually. Yeah. yeah. The and Dominion it's, it's is pretty like, fucked up. It's like we we as the Federation, and I say we because we are in the Federation. Yeah, obviously. We as the Federation <laughs> had to really come to terms with the fact that in order to protect the utopia we've created, we're gonna have to be harder on how we protect it. Right, it's the uh, Teddy Roosevelt walk softly, carry a big stick mentality, right? Like, you need a bigger stick. Maybe you don't need, like, the biggest stick, but you need a bigger stick. Like, because the Federation can't handle this shit by just, like, talk. It can't talk its way out of it, no, right? and our weapons weren't gonna do shit yeah. at that they point. It was, wasn't cutting it. So, and we get, like, later, like you said, like, with the Dominion, like, the Dominion are kind of like the Borg, except they're human. Like, they're not human, but they're, like, emotional. And that makes them way more dangerous than the Borg. Like, the Borg are oh, fucking yeah. deadly as fuck, because they're, they're zombies, and they're just robots, but, like, the Dominion is just, like, brutal. Like, they're just brutal. It's, like, we don't understand the Dominion, but, like, in a way that it goes far beyond the way we don't understand the Borg. Right. The Borg are a machine, and that's beyond our comprehension as emotional beings. Right. But the Dominion are, like, literal pure evil. Yeah. Their, their, yeah. their goal isn't, like to give you a better quality of life by making you a part of them. It's to subjugate or obliterate you. Right. You're nothing. Like, you're not even useful. To, the Dominion, like, tolerates you. <laughs> like, if that's, you don't fight yeah. back, then the Dominion will let you live. If right. you do fight back, they will wipe you from the cosmos. They'll just fuck you up forever. Yeah. And if it's, they don't wipe you from the cosmos, they will, like... They'll do you like the fucking Vorta, where they obliterate your yeah. race to make a servant race out of you. They, they take lemurs and they like genetically alter the lemurs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, there's that one episode where he's talking about music or colors, right? And yeah, he's he like, doesn't see colors yeah, yeah. correctly. And, and, they're, and they're like, well, why? And he's like, well, they didn't see it like we needed to. Yeah, we don't it's, taste food the same yeah. way you do. And he's yeah. like, well, that sucks. Why did they do that? And he's like, because yeah. we don't need to. It's and he drinks all function. that poison. <laughs> he drinks, yeah. And he's like, whatever, we're like super immune to poison because we get poisoned a lot. <laughs> that would be like the number one thing people would try and stop them with, yeah. poison. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> well, I, uh, why don't you tell us your final thoughts on this episode, Josh? A plus. It's great. It changed Star Trek forever. It changed television forever. I said that before. Uh, I love Borg stories. I mean, in Voyager, they get really kind of stupid. But overall, I think Borg stories are really great in this show. So I love it. I don't know. This episode is like... Like, the first part of this episode is like... Uh, like an Empire Strikes Back type thing where everything right. is at its absolute lowest at the end right. of it. And there's sort of a... Um, the, the standard way of like gauging quality and things is that like that low point would be like the better part. Right. And I don't know if I could really argue against that with this, but like it's hard to take the best of both worlds as anything other than two parts to a single episode for yes. me. Yeah, it's not one cuz it it's not one episode for me because of the the intention was to uh shock the audience into waiting, right? Oh yeah. And that was 
innovative. Like, people didn't do that. Like, it just wasn't done in 1990. Like, now it's, like, soap standard. operas, maybe. Yeah, but soap operas sucked because, like, every week it was that, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like, every single week. It, yeah, you can't just do it all the time. It's, this like, a, a tool you whip out. taking a page out of a soap opera and, like, turning it into something a little bit more highbrow, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Action-y, a little more... A little more Star Wars-y, like you said. Like, it's just a good storytelling. These episodes are the first, like, really great TNG film. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably, if you take these two episodes and put it against any of the other TNG films, this is the best one. Yeah. And I would say by far, even. Do you think it's better than uh, First Contact? I don't know, man. I think it's better than First Contact. I like first contact, but I think this is better. That's that's big. That's big words. You get TV Picard on this one. Yeah. So, like there's there's a marked difference between TV Picard and movie Picard, and it's not like a dumbing down. I think movie Picard it just shows his emotions more. Yeah, because they don't want to make him not have them. That's a flaw of the of the movies, but I think that's why. Uh, first contact is great is because it makes sense that he has them right oh yeah because you're seeing he's been driven to that point by what he's been through yeah all the other ones like insurrection make no sense like picard wants to fuck a lady like okay (laughs) like uh, sure i guess i guess he would want that right like yeah i guess insurrection makes sense in the character of picard since picard gets duped by ladies he wants to fuck like a couple times throughout tng but But like it's taken to like a comical extreme yeah because he's willing to break starfleet right orders in order to get his dick wet because their explanation for it is like they're young again it's and it's like young people do dumb things and it's like yeah but he's captain fucking picard like yeah he doesn't do dumb things captain picard didn't do that dumb shit either we saw him on tv he could get his dick wet and not do dumb things like that's a thing but yeah the best of both worlds is like masterpiece theater for star trek i love it amazing I mean, we say that about a lot of TNG episodes, because, like, a lot of them are fucking amazing. But, I mean, this is, like, cream of the crop. Yeah. Straight to the top. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a rhyme. I can't. I was looking up what the next episode was. That's fine. <laughs> what is the next episode we're going to be talking about, George? We're talking about The Search, Deep Space Nine, and I don't remember what that is. Episode one season three so it's the defiant i think it's yeah, right it's when the we first get... episode with a defiant in it this yeah. is of course part of czar diego's turning points collection yeah so you get to see a cool ship finally it's gonna be awesome but uh folks who've been following m class podcast for a while now probably realize that uh, we did a show called m class email we did I don't where remember. we would read your emails and give you answers and at a certain point, our listeners decided we were not cool enough for that anymore. <laughs> so, well, nah, like, people got busy, I guess, so we didn't really get enough emails in to do that show anymore. But that doesn't mean we're not going to read emails anymore. Right. Uh, we're going to read them on this show, but only a few of them, because the show's already, like, two and a half hours long. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to take a break now that we've talked about the episode, and if uh, you don't want to hear emails, you fuck off, I guess. 
But do fuck Damn. off to patreon.com slash podcast and give us money. Yes, do fuck off to giving us money, please. Uh, our Twitter is at mclasspodcast. The email is mclassemail at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we will be right back after these messages to read your emails hot off the presses and maybe give you some answers or something. Yeah, you sweaty dicks. <laughs> we'll be right back. After these messages. Hello, I'm Pee Wee Herman. Talking Pee Wee is really cool, cool. He's naughty. I know you are, but what am I? Soon, <laughs> you'll be that way too. <laughs> Whatever you may do, it's so much fun when he's with you. Banana sandwich? Arr! You'll go wacko, you'll go crazy with Talking Pee Wee. Talking Pee Wee from Matchbox for you and your kid. Cherry sold separately. What's that? Major Welcome back. Hopefully you purchased that good or service, and if you have yeah. some extra money left over after that, boy, do I have a place you can send it to. Yeah, I hope you fucked right off to Patreon.com. <laughs> you can head on over to Patreon.com slash Podcast for the month of June 2019. That is our Patreon Pride Pledge yeah. Drive. Ex- extravaganza. Drive, drive, drive. Extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the end of June, after we've tallied up all of our pledges for the month, uh, Desrath and Tapon of Tapon's radio program are going to match dollar for dollar all pledges over 500 to the Trevor Project. What's and we're going to get paid in hot dogs. Hell yeah. <laughs> What's the Trevor Project, I hear you ask? There wow, you where the fuck were you at the beginning of this podcast? I already explained yeah. it. Come on. The Trevor Project <laughs> is a non-profit organization committed to preventing suicide in LGBTQ plus youth. They're best known for the Trevor Lifeline cri- Crisis Intervention Hotline they operate, but also do work in training, raising awareness, and advocacy relating to LGBTQ plus youth suicide prevention. If that sounds like something you'd like to help out, you'd like to donate some money to it, then uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast this month. And, I mean, there's an, uh, up to a $750 donation Yeah, could be made by not one, but two people. That's $1,500. $1,500 from Trek Boys and Trek Girls. Yeah, who are and I also think they're gonna. I think they're gonna donate it in Latinum, which will make it uh, more because Latinum's like we don't even have Latinum. Yeah, I made that up. It's real money. It's, it's real. It's Latinum, everybody. <laughs> He's right. We're all actually Ferengi at the end of the day. Sorry, we wouldn't be donating anything if we were Ferengi. <laughs> yeah, no, we wouldn't be. Um, don't be a Ferengi. Is that racist? <laughs> oh my God, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to go completely around us and not give us any money at all. You could go to give.thetrevorproject.org slash USS Lollipop and hit donate. Uh, uh, another nice website you can go to to end up at the exact same place is thereicontributed.com, <laughs> which I love. Uh, make sure when you donate to dedicate the donation to First Name M Class, Last Name Podcast, and yeah. show the world how much Trek Boy pride we have. Trek Boys! Trek Boys! And girls, but Trek Boys is girls too. It's all inclusive. It's B O I S. It's not real yeah. boys. It's boys. Yeah. Boy, yes. So, um, this is the best thing that we have ever done. Yeah. So, hopefully, That's you can join cause. us in doing yeah. a great thing. 
So that is the the month of June is sponsored by Desrath and Tapon of Tapon's radio program in order mm-hmm. to get donations for the Trevor Project. Make sure to donate. Do it. Uh, our first email is from Agent C. Bartlett. Okay. And it is entitled, Fun Fact, Josh once received a letter of reprimand for refusing to take the con. Quote from him, Fuck that, I got shit to do. Sounds like me. <laughs> hey there, Trek boys. Hi. I hope you're holding it together out there on that satellite. I found oh, an yeah. amazing fan fiction story that I had to share with you guys. Okay. In the year 1,012,260, wow. the crew of the Mega Federation starship USS Uber Enterprise... <laughs> wow, they got the Uber already? That's NCC-1701-Infinity. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Under joint command of James T. Kirk and Jean-Luc Picard. They're still alive? <laughs> They're fucking time travelers or something. After nearly a million years of exploring most of the universe... (laughs) Is this for real? At long last, they encounter the Milky Way galaxy in the Boots (laughs) Void, millions of light years from where it should exist in this time. Okay. Most of the crew is happy at this, but Data, who's not left his quarters in 5,000 years, has become something of a crazy hermit. (laughs) Does he have uh, a data beard? Like a white beard? <laughs> he just put it on himself like the yeah. beard in that one episode. Yeah, it's just fake as hell. It gets worse from there. But you know what the best part is? This was printed in a real book. Amazing. This is our million year mission, which was published in 2003. Oh, the the year of the best fan fiction. <laughs> 2003 is like the 1985 of movies. Like, so many good movies came out in 85. All the good fan fiction came out in 2003. So, so many good ones. Uh, If this can get printed, I think Rich Masters should be just fine. Yeah, right? Dictated, but not read, Agent C. Bartlett, Starfleet Intelligence on board the USS Bonaventure. Man, you have to be in Starfleet Intelligence to find that thing. (laughs) Our million-year mission. Let's all take a a trip to Google together. Like, what? Why, though? Like, what kind of... Like, people aren't even going to be fucking human beings in a million years. Like, if if any of us even fucking survive, right? Oh, my God. This is real. Yeah. By Dean Wesley Smith. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Volume 7. No, volume six. Oh my god. And the first story is called Our Million Year Mission. Why? Uh, Why? Thank you to Memory Beta for fucking exposing me to that. Thanks, Memory Beta. Thank you to Agent C. Bartlett for dragging us down into that hole with you. (laughs) I can't believe that the NCC 1701 Infinity is a real It's a real ship. Like, what would those numbers and letters even mean? Nothing. They would mean nothing. They mean in a million years. Nothing. They would be like us putting, like, I don't even fucking know, like hieroglyphics on a boat. Like, Pretty that's much. not even an appropriate fucking analogy because It'd letters be like and numbers. Cave paintings. Yeah, it would be exactly. It would be like, it would be like nonsense, like scribbles. Our, our next email is from Poppy. Poppy. And it is entitled, Ro Laren is a boss-ass bitch. Hell yeah. I love Ro Laren. Ro Laren's great. Uh, which everybody already knows. I just couldn't think of a subject line. That's, that works. Sub-trick boys. <laughs> <Trek> boys. <laughs> I wanted to share this important fact with you. 
Okay. Many years ago, I shared an apartment with one of my friends, and out of the blue one day, she declared that all houseflies are named Daryl and all stink bugs are named Wesley. Wow. At the time, I was thinking of it in the context of Trek, but now whenever I see a Wesley crawling around or find a dead Wesley corpse or smell the funk of a Wesley, (laughs) the accidentally apropos novelty of it makes me smile on the inside where feelings live. (laughs) That's what I'm told anyway. (laughs) That's all. Happy June and Pride Month. The promotion fundraiser has been killing it, and that's very Starfleet with a big yeah, old heart. Yeah, thank you, Poppy. Your pal, Ensign Poppy of the USS Take My Horse to the Old Town Road. If he asks, which way is sick bay? I need to get these aforementioned feelings extracted. They're causing trouble. Poppy knows. <laughs> Let's all be Vulcans together. Yeah, Poppy knows. Oh, we're Dude. just getting some fun emails this time. Yeah, it's a great. Uh, well, I was gonna say something about something. I don't remember what. Wesley's. Oh, Wesley's. Stink bugs. Yeah, that's actually how uh, Will Wheaton smells like a stink bug. <laughs> like that's his like natural smell. You know, I don't doubt that somehow. He looks like he smells. He does look like he smells, right? Like I thought it was just me, but like I feel uh, some people look like they might not smell good, and yeah. he's one of them. I think I'm one of those people who looks like they don't, but I always do. I always get complimented on my smell. I'm glad you smell good, Josh. I smell. I make sure that I do. I, I take smell good lots too. I of always preparations. I always have people go, "What are you wearing?" Yeah, that happens. And I'm like I, deodorant. The key is sub- like subtlety with it. Like some people go like over the top with the spray. It's okay to use spray, but you gotta just a little bit of spray goes a long way. Dude. I use the stick deodorant. Like they have these. Here's a pro tip for you stinkies out there. Yeah. Uh, um, my boys over there at Old Spice. Yeah, have, I use that too. Have this new line that started like last year of huh. like adventurers. Oh yeah, I saw those in the store. Since get nomad. That nomad? shit smells like I'm writing this down. The greatest smell. I, I use love it. I use swagger a bunch. That's not bad. That, that one's pretty all right. good. For a while there, I used the the tropical one. I forget the name of it. It's like Fiji. Fiji. Because yeah, I, I used use that Fiji one. too. Fiji's all right, but it, it, yeah. it's like a summertime one. Like I use uh, Nomad a lot now, and I'm they also like a while back. I did a post on M Class. Like uh, Crystal, my wife, had assigned these scents to Starfleet captains. Yeah, and uh, there was only one left over, so she gave it to Cisco. It was called Kraken, I think. <laughs> And it's probably the best smell out of all of them, but I chose Nomad because it was the one I liked the best. All right, well, I'm going to trust you, but I'm going to write down Nomad, Old Spice, and I'm going to write down Kraken. I think it's I, Kraken. I want to wear some Kraken, dude. It smell, They all smell pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie to you. So uh, if you're stinky and you want to, like, Nomad is the Captain Kirk scent. Okay. So if you want to smell, like... A real nice smelling Captain Kirk. You grab yourself some Nomad and you put that shit on. Alright, I'm gonna do that next time I go shopping. Uh, <laughs> so, our next email. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. This has been an Old Spice sponsored podcast. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome, Old Spice. Send if, us money. If now, Old Spice or free deodorant. wants to sponsor us, fucking bring it on. I will get saying. paid in free deodorant because yeah. deodorant is expensive as fuck. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like $6. Our next email is from Jack Carpenter. Oh, I know Jack. <laughs> Musclehead Carpenter, who says, Sup, bros, it's me. 
How are you doing? Pauses I mean, for a response. You will hear it now, but you're not going to hear it. I mean, I mean, not right now, but now, as in where your now is. Wherever your now is, now you're hearing it. But ha, not ha, now. Sounds now. good, guys. I totally agree. Anyways, <laughs> I don't have too much for you this week, other than a small observation. It oh feels God, like the- what are you, Isaac fucking Newton? All of a sudden. <laughs> Think you should stick to the football. Stick to football, you jock. It feels like the characters in Star Trek have like twenty surgeries each throughout the course of their respective series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Picard yeah. gets borged then unborged. Kira gets turned into a Cardassian and then back to a Bajoran. Yeah. Cisco and all of them turn into Klingons, so on and so forth. Don't get me wrong, I totally get it. Medical technology is super advanced, and yeah. it makes sense why these characters would be forced to or need to change their appearance with surgery. Mm-hmm. It just always makes me a bit uncomfortable whenever they do it. It's probably why? because it's hard for me to get past the magnitude and dangers of surgery in the real world. Just- yeah, but I think... Oh, sorry to cut you off, Jack. Uh, when, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, whatever. Carpenter. Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> okay. is what I, I know. Uh, but I think for me, like, because I hate doctors, like, I'm afraid of doctors. For me, it's great because it, it shows me a future where, like, people aren't afraid of doctors and, like, where medical procedures are, like, painless and wonderful. Like that's how I always oh, yeah. viewed it. Like I, I was never weirded out by it. About that yeah, it's yeah. Like that's how I felt. Medical, like medical stuff in the future of Star Trek always makes me feel really like good. Good, to see. yeah, right. Because it like it comforts that like thing in the back of my head that's like medicine only works however percent of the time. Like surgery right. only turns out good on the only percent of the time. But in the future, it's so perfect. That right. you can get, like, cosmetic surgery to infiltrate an enemy, even. Yeah. And just get it turned, taken right back to the way it was before afterwards. I'm going to do two Enterprise pitch, uh, two Enterprise uh, shout-outs this episode. Go for it. They kind of explain, like, the need for the surgery in Enterprise. When they start, like, going down to planets that aren't warp-capable, they kind of, like invent like this technique that they this hands-on technique right and like in the future like you would want it to be permanent or semi-permanent because like you wouldn't want your fake ears falling off right oh yeah you would want to have a surgery that makes you as completely indistinguishable from the natives as possible yeah so like you would want there to be surgery and not just like shitty makeup Exactly. That's from a Star Trek point of view. Oh yeah, exactly. Like you want to be able to be scanned and not be picked up right. as being a filthy humey. Right. And then you get to have sex with that lady and then who's a nurse. Uh well, I don't know if get to is the correct way to put it. She pretty much like forces him. Blackmail. Yeah, yeah. she straight up blackmails him. And he's like, Ugh, fine. 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 Let me take my pill. Here's my human dick. Hope. Hope, you, hope it's not too revolting to you. Here's my human dick. Hope you know what the hell to do with it. <laughs> so, so uh, I lay my eggs and then you fertilize them like in Futurama. Okay, okay. This is turning out better than I thought it was going to. Cool. And he's like, what? And he uh, runs away. Jack continues. Anyway, Jeff, congrats on the move. Now you and Josh can argue with each other about which city in Pennsylvania is better, but you'll both be wrong because the correct answer is Altoona. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I don't even think Altoona's a city. <laughs> nah, but seriously, congrats, man. One of my best buds lives in Pittsburgh, so I'm there every now and again. You're gonna love it. Oh, and Josh, I'll be passing through Philly in July, so be ready to for a drive-by high-five in like a month. All right. That sounds like I'm used to drive-bys, but not high-five, so that'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks again as always, fellas. Commander Jack Carpenter, the USS Virginia. The answer is Philadelphia. <laughs> I've never been to Philadelphia, so I have no I have no frame of oh, reference. Oh, it's only say. where democracy started in America, Jeff. You still got it there? Yeah. We don't we don't yeah, okay. <laughs> We're a sanctuary city, so yes. Well, is your bell got a crack in it? Yeah, it's what makes you guys it cool. Fucked though. up. Nah, man, that's what makes it valuable. It's super priceless because it's fucking cracked in it. You guys fucked your bell up. What a bunch of idiots. Ever hear of the thing called the Declaration of Awesomeness? Nah. Drafted here. Never heard of that one. You know the movie National Treasure? Shot here. It's Ben Franklin from there. Uh, he's from Boston, but he died and lived here, so we well, got him. Well, as long him. as he died there, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's where he did all his fucking. He fucked. Uh, he a lot did all here. of his fucking in France. Yeah, he fucked a lot everywhere. <laughs> that dude just fucked. That dude had to get his rocks off before he invented electricity and well, shit. Well, he, he didn't invent porn, so he had to figure out a way. And I guess it was like just be smart and charming, like the old times. Yeah, I don't know anything about that shit. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh itself yet either, so I don't know. I hear it's great, honestly. I mean, like, I hear it's like very all the time cool. I've spent in it has been really fucking good. So yeah, I I, mean, I live like uh, in a suburb that's like uh, like not even ten minutes away. So that's the good thing about Pittsburgh is like you can do that. Like you can live in a suburb that's ten minutes away. You can't live in a suburb that's ten minutes away from Philly. There is like a line. Like there's like kind of a like a line and like. That's where the suburbs start, but like, yeah. there, there's like a fucking eight hundred thousand people live in my county. Like, it's well, crazy. How <laughs> many statues of Rocky does Pittsburgh have? Zero. Yeah, exactly. How can I compete? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You guys got to get a statue of like, I don't know who's, I don't know Jack Reacher. He's from, he's in Pittsburgh. Oh man, right? a hero. <laughs> Jack Reacher. That's Jack Reacher. Pittsburgh, uh, I guess. <laughs> our last email of the evening, since this show is going really long. Yeah, is a really long one. It's from Rich Masters. This fucking guy. I thought we were never going to hear from him ever again. Oh, no. Because we were done with emails. I'm just kidding, Rich. Nice bag. It's it's entitled Richie on the Edge of Forever. That's actually pretty good. He says, Trek boys to men and back to boys again because screw responsibilities, right? That's right. (laughs) Full disclosure, it's Wednesday night here in sunny old England, like late. I'm sitting in bed at 11 p.m. after a full day of work and looking after a kid, and I haven't even started my episode. Damn. My wife is literally laying next to me, giving me that look that says she supports me as a writer, but she thinks I'm going to be up all night writing, and she's going to have to wear that eye mask that she has to wear every Wednesday night when I realize it's episode (laughs) writing time, and the laptop light might disturb her. You British people are so goofy. (laughs) This is a completely unrelatable situation for Americans. We don't know I anything masks? about this. What is that? That's Laptops? crazy. What is that? A light bulb? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tonight is the night that I miss a week. Then I do the sensible thing and get some sleep and don't torture myself trying to write a three-act plot for a television show that ended 25 years ago. Yeah, it's writing. 
So here we go. Star Trek TNG episode 8, season 8, episode 20? Fuck. I'll make sure I get organized for next episode. 820. Anyway, that's like double 420. Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. That's not double 420. It's, it is. In months, it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's like nearly a whole season's worth. How cool slash terrifying is that? Awesome. Not the second one at all. Uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Counselor Deanna Troy, and Commander William T. Riker. There you go, Jeff. Formal enough for you? We're having a discussion in the captain's ready room about data. He got, you got me there. called out, man. I called Episode him out over. Fucking burn the tapes. Yeah, know. you don't burn the guy reading it. I could just stop reading and then no one would ever know. You could just turn it into an episode of Star Trek Infinity or whatever the fuck we just had to yeah. hear about. Cyber Riker is in mid-rant, claiming it's unacceptable that Starfleet Command have turned down Picard's request yet let it, yet again. For what? Deanna asks if they have any sort of reason for their refusal, leaving the captain to admit that Starfleet cited numerous instances where his second officer has been coerced or taken over by some external force. Oh, God. Will is quick to point out that all three of them have been controlled, abused, abducted, or even impregnated. That's the true. real issue is that Data is an android, and Starfleet has never been comfortable with that. They're not comfortable with the phone in his stomach. <laughs> the old timey phone. <laughs> They're like, why does he have a phone in his? That doesn't make. How why does, does he have work? a Victorian era phone in his yeah, chest? What the fuck is this? Why? People he keep asking when I'm gonna sit in the big chair. Will argues, but Data could have filled any of those positions admirably. The least we can do is make him a commander. Mm-hmm. That's the request. Yeah. Uh, you went back to calling him Will pretty fucking quick, Rich. That's all I'm saying. He threw you a bone, Jeff, and then he took it right back. Because you knew you were going to sass him, which you uh, did. I did. I sassed him. He's right. <laughs> uh, Picard admits he's going to challenge their decision, but given that Necheyev is still the sector admiral. Well, that's a conversation for another time. Fucking we all know about Bicheyev. Bicheyev is such a fucking... Thorn in my side. <laughs> Random Ensign, uh, let's call him Ensign Steve Ricketts, announces okay. they have a distress call. Uh-oh. Title, Artificial Reasoning. Great name. Ensign Steve Ricketts reports... <laughs> that he's that really calling him, or are you calling him that? He's calling him okay. Steve Ricketts. Okay. Ensign Steve Ricketts reports that he's getting an audio-only distress call from a planet on the edge of the Beta Z front, where a reclusive species called the Brunella are now requesting aid. On the view screen, Static hisses as the leader of the Brunella describe how after centuries of war on their planet, their world has barely survived an attack from the Dominion. The hostile forces have just stripped the planet of all usable resources, leaving the Brunella on the brink of extinction. Yeah, they're like locust guys. (laughs) <laughs> on a shuttle returning from an aid mission in the Obram sector, Lieutenant Hawk, he's still here. Man, it can't be long until first contact die. now, Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't he's get too comfortable. <laughs> Data and Bevy Bev Crusher receive orders from Picard to make advanced contact with the Brunella. I feel like I'm getting messed with now. I don't know, man. I think you opened up a can of worms here. Picard orders, uh, Jean-Luc orders them to help in any way possible, (laughs) and that the Enterprise will arrive in seven days with a full relief contingent. Shit. Upon arriving in Brunella space, Data attempts to beam the three of them down, but his transporter pattern is blocked by a strange planetary shield. 
Data sends Hulk and Crushbot 3000 down to the planet? What? Now he's fucking with you. Then, uh, I guess it's Dr. Crush. Yeah, it's the doctor. Then begins the preparations to land the shuttle at the Capitol. Well, they're friends, so he can call her whatever. <laughs> they're pals. Beverlicious and Hawk arrive in the city in <laughs> I disarray. I like Beverlicious. And are immediately taken into custody. The head of Brunel and security, Vectus, or Vecky Wecky, as I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. Ask them why they attempted to transport a weapon down to their planet when they needed aid. Big Bev tells them they're wrong, that it's only their <laughs> commanding officer. When Vectus hears this, he orders them to be arrested. What? God, I knew... Fuck. <laughs> Data tries to find out if the away team arrives safely, but his communications are blocked. He pilots the shuttle through the planetary shield, but a surface-to-air torpedo knocks the engines out, and Data is forced to salvage whatever equipment he can from the shuttle before beaming to the surface. Oh man, this is going to be a sweet Data does some outside-the-box <laughs> shit. I love it! I love Data-centric episodes. He's an Iceman, clearly. In a, <laughs> in a holding cell, Hulk belligerently denies to tell Vectus anything about Data, but the Heart Crusher is honest. They're on a mercy mission. Vectus is less than convinced. It seems too coincidental that an artificial life form would choose their lowest point to invade their planet. He tells Bev that Brunella was once a technological marvel, far more advanced than the Federation. Of course it was. <laughs> until it embraced artificial life into its populace. Uh. The life forms demanded too much too quickly and war became inevitable. After War two centuries declared. of fighting, <laughs> after two centuries of fighting and over four million lives lost, they had peace. Four million—that's not a lot. And that, <laughs> dude, fucking a hundred million people died in World War II. I so know, many fucking people. Maybe died they over only there. have like five million people on the planet. Well, maybe they should have had more, and they could have defeated the fucking robots. Maybe they could have fought back the Dominion. Maybe you gotta stop pulling out Brunellas and just start fucking making some babies. And now, after the Dominion attack, another warmonger comes to start a fight. B-Crush asks how many artificial lives were lost, and she's given an answer. Four billion. Damn, that's more than I said. <laughs> Vectus leaves her in a holding cell. Yeah. Data sneaks through the capital city, dodging patrols and doing a far better job at stealth than he ever managed wait, in seven wait, years wait, of TNG. Wait, 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 I know what's going on. Oh, yeah? The artificial it? life forms are in charge now. Oh. And the people, and that's why they arrested the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm, oh, guess, I'm guessing, that's my guess. He's able to locate the building where just a little crush and Hawk are. A temporary holding facility with minimal <laughs> available for security. For now, he oh, draws shit. his phaser and moves on. Hawk and Beverly, I think I've made my point now, Jeff, Damn, are about to be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he did. It's only the women he calls like this, though. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> England. <laughs> Turns out England might have backwards ideas about women. Yeah, hmm. Theresa May. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, Hawk and Beverly are about to be moved to a maximum security facility when Data beats the security detail down. Damn. <laughs> On their way to freedom, Data is hit with a gas projectile which seems to do nothing. They leave and disappear into the capital to hide. What? A day later, 
The away team are dodging patrols and doing the stealth thing when they're contacted via Data's positronic net. Data confirms the message is meeting coordinates, and Beverly warns him it could be a trap. Yeah. But Data asks, what choice do they have? Yeah, you as, don't. The team st- as the team starts moving, Data gets dizzy, and Crusher notices his semi-organic bioplast skin is starting to blemish. What? Data says he doesn't feel well, but they must press on. What? How does he know? How does he know? They set a trap for their mysterious messenger, a woman named Taurus, who is ambushed by Hawk and Crusher as she comes to meet Data. Taurus tells them she's a scientist, the very same scientist that came up with the bioweapon that destroyed the artificial life on Brunella. And once she scans Data, she confirms he's been infected with the same disease they all succumb to. How does it? How does? How does that work? It's bioorganic, technologic, harder, better, faster, stronger. <laughs> Once back at Taurus's lab, Beverly asks how it is she knew about them, and Taurus admits she also designed the planetary shield so that artificial life forms could be deterred away and not suffer the same fate. Damn. Taurus designed the disease as a deterrent to stop the artificials from attacking, but her own government decided to use it as a weapon. Hawk is horrified, saying she must have known it would be used, but Taurus admits nothing like this had ever happened on her planet. Yeah, nothing like that's ever happened on Earth either. (laughs) Not at all. Never once. She believed her people to be enlightened. She didn't mean to cause so many deaths. (laughs) Beverly and Taurus work tirelessly to synthesize some of the cure, even though one is never intended to be needed. As they work, Hawk notices his skin is blotchy and confesses he's been feeling feverish. Uh-oh! A scan confirms that the virus is mutated due to Data's bioorganic parts and has Ugh. now crossed the transmission barrier to humanoids. That was really, really fast. A racist term, if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly and Taurus also have it, but the disease seemed to act faster in Brunellans. Damn, dude. Vectus tracks the away team to Taurus's building and tries to attack them, but stops upon learning the disease is spreading. He tries to shoot Data, but Taurus steps in front and takes the energy blast, killing her. Damn! As Vectus rushes to save the national heroes, he realizes he now, too, has been infected. You idiot. Bitterly, he orders his team to leave and the three crewmates to die slowly. Wow. Though incredibly ill, Data works with Taurus's notes to find a cure for the disease as Beverly and Hawk like comatose. He finds the cure, because he's Data, and administers it to his teammates, then contacts mm-hmm. Vectus to negotiate the release of the cure so it can be used to save the Brunellans. Vectus scoffs, explaining that the government wouldn't trust Data not to hide a weapon as the cure. <laughs> When Data assures him it isn't and sends proof across, Vectus tells him he refuses to let anyone have the information. Oh, Vectus. He'd rather see his people die than admit the existence of a benevolent artificial. Wow, guys. You're never going to make it. Literally. This is it, because your species (laughs) is going to (laughs) die. The Enterprise arrives four four days later. Though the away team are fine, the loss of life to the Brunella has been catastrophic, and the disease is spreading like wildfire amongst the populace. Thousands are dead or dying, refusing to take help from an artificial life form. You guys! (laughs) Think of it as a refrigerator. You're getting... (laughs) Water out of a refrigerator. It's the same shit. 
It's the same fucking thing. Back on the ship, Data feeds Spot, watching her eating as he sits on the couch and smiles. Beverly comes to see him and inquires as to how he is. He admits he's been quite disturbed by their recent experience. Dr. Crusher tells him if he's ever felt that any of the crew has mistreated him and he has ever treated him any differently because he's an android, she would be genuinely sad about it. Mm -hmm. Data ponders for a second, then admits over his years on the Enterprise he has encountered over 4,000 instances that could be considered discriminatory. Whoops. That's what you get for being discriminatory to a computer. They're going to remember it. He fucking marked that down every time. (laughs) There's like a little, like, Look <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> Beverly is truly shocked, but puts down a box down on his desk. She explains that Jean Luc had used his authority to issue him a field commission to commander. Whoa! Data opens the box to find a pip, but after a second, closes it and hands it back to Beverly, saying, "If this is the only way I'm able to obtain my promotion, then evidently uh, I have great. more work to do." That's great. That was better than what I said. <laughs> Beverly squeezes his shoulder sadly, then leaves. I love you, Rich Masters. So, you guys hear about this great new show about Tapon? <laughs> What's it called? Tapon's Theater on Subspace, you say. Yeah. Listen to it, you say. Excellent, you say. Written said, and performed by Patreon supporters, you say. I said all these things. <laughs> and so on and so on. <laughs> love my Trek boys. Big hugs and all that. Maybe a reach around if you're lucky. Well, Yours, Rich. If you're down there. <laughs> head, head of laundry on the Breen ship, Blarg, Blarg, Blarg. Laundry? <laughs> they I wear the same shit all the time. I can't tell you what they look like under those refrigerated suits, but they smell like sweaty locker rooms. Man, I really want to know. Like, that's one of those things, like, I love. Like, that they don't ever show them. I want to see them. Yeah, I want to know what they look like, but I feel yeah. like that would ruin the mystique. I know, because you could either go one of two ways, right? You could either make them, like, very human-like, right? Which would be, like, weird. Or you make them just totally fucking weird looking. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to pitch this, of course, because it's a data-centric yeah. episode, and it's a great moral. Yeah, and wow. I was totally wrong, and I, it was way better than the thing I said, which was way oh, yeah. too Twilight zone I know that now. Um, <laughs> I will say, uh, s- there have been a decent number of Rich Masters episodes. I hate to nitpick a Rich Masters original. Yeah. But there have been a number of Rich Masters episodes where a benevolent new character is introduced who then sacrifices their life to save one of the main characters. It's very Star Trek though. I know what you're saying and I think It's that true. It is very Star Trek. There's always that that hope like that this society could survive because of those people. It's the it's the line that I always talk about where it's like they they say like, "Well, how did Earth change?" and it's like, oh, "Well, a few brave people decided to change it, right?" And oh, that's yeah. exactly what they're doing. I still super pitched the episode. I'm just bitter that he fucking dunked on me so hard. That's what this episode. is really about. Yeah, no, this is, I can tell. I can tell that that's what this is about. More like bitch masters. <laughs> Do they have that word in England? I don't know. Yeah. I was there, but I only drove in a taxi. And I stole the cigarettes from the taxi. Rich, can you tell me if this is... Can you tell me if this is normal? Do taxis just have, like, cigarettes in them for people to take one? Because I took all of them. Uh, is he gonna answer us or do I have to wait? <laughs> you have to wait for oh, one. Okay. For two, I thought you stopped smoking like a long time I ago. I did, but I was in England and there was free cigarettes. <laughs> it took a 
I just took I'm them. Disappointed in you, Josh. Yeah, whatever. Fucking free cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, free cocaine. Free cigarettes. I can't argue with that. I got no. I got nothing in my in the gun for that. Yeah. Huh? Rich, thanks for that email. Thanks for writing in all these fucking amazing stories. Yeah, that was great. Uh, no thanks for dunking on me the whole time. You I should didn't be ashamed affect of yourself. me one way or the other, so I'm indifferent. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and smile. Yep. I'm going to for sure cry tonight when I try to go to sleep, so thank you for that. Your wife's going to have to put her eye mask on. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to see my tears if oh. she puts her eye mask on. Jeff got dunked on doing the show again, and she lowers the eye mask. <laughs> God. <laughs> you don't understand. Crystal. <laughs> you don't understand what he said to me. And she, she leans over and turns the light her, off. It's all dark in the room. He called her Bevy Webby. In your separate beds. Nineteen fifty seven. We do we do have like one bed, but it's made up of two parts that are put together on the bottom, so it's easier to move with. <laughs> oh, Fucking okay. super smart. Do that everybody, I don't by know. the way. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What don't you know? <laughs> I don't know how I can't picture what you're saying. It's like you know, like the um, the solid part that goes underneath the box, the box springs. Yeah, like yeah, the, actual the frame bed or part. whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's two parts that slide oh, together. Oh yeah, no, then you okay, put yeah, the yeah, box yeah. frame I've, and I've the mattress that. stuff on top. Of yeah, it. I've done that. I've done that. It's super easy to move. It's awesome. Yeah, moving sucks though, like for reals. Yeah, like I'm it's doing it right awful. now. It sucks a dick. Trust me, <laughs> dude. It's so shitty. I once like, helped a friend mo- move, and when I showed up, she like didn't have stuff in boxes, and I was like, "What the oh, fuck?" So we're like starting at the beginning. I was shit. like, "This is ridiculous." I was like, "I'm not gonna say her name," and she was somebody that I worked with. She listening to this? Out. Probably not. So that's, uh, but I, I was annoyed. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, dude. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm moving. I have to be moved at the beginning of June. So we're like packing shit up now and it sucks at that. What playlist are you going to listen to on the way to your new home? Podcasts. Are you going to listen to this one? Uh, no, I'm on it. Oh. I know. I already know what happens in this podcast. Yeah, I don't listen. To I was it on it. I don't even listen to it when I edit. <laughs> I don't. I don't listen to any of the stuff I edit either. Like fucking. Yeah. I don't listen to my guest spots on other. Podcasts. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> like even if I listen to every episode of the podcast and then I guest on it, I just skip that one and yeah. listen to the one to the next one. Yeah, I don't want to hear myself, man. I fucking hear myself all day. I don't yeah. want to hear myself. I feel I, I feel like it's not narcissistic to listen to no. like podcasts that you're on. It's like it's more like you're judging yourself the whole time. It's the opposite, where you're just like, yeah. "Ugh, what am I talking about? Why? Why am I saying this? Like right now, why am I even talking right now? <laughs> it's fucking stupid. What am I even saying? It's pointless." Speaking of pointless, <laughs> uh. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, Deep Space Nine episode The Search, first appearance of The Defiant. Yes. And uh, if you would like to have an email read on that episode, you can send us a nice email over to mclassemail at gmail.com, all singular. Yep. (laughs) Or you can follow us on Twitter and see all of our fun tweets and retweets at mclasspodcast. Do it. It's fun. 
And again, uh, definitely head over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast and pledge for our Patreon Pride Pledge Drive. There you go. Remembering words is difficult. Nailed it the first time. Thereicontributed.com, great place to just donate money directly to the Trevor Project. If you hate us, Mm -hmm. uh, or if you just don't have enough money to give us money, if you're an asshole, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Whatever whatever reasons you might have is 100% cool. Uh, Definitely donate in one way or another because it's a great cause. And yeah. uh, you know what? We will see you in however much time's time with more M-Class goodness. There you go. Time is on my side. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Yes, it is. I'm mentally ill.